0: Hey everybody. Oh, that's the wrong button. <laughs> I only had eight minutes to prepare for pushing the right button during the countdown. And of course, I blew it. I blew it. But uh, welcome everybody. It is the end of the month. So once again, I am going to be talking about a whole bunch of games that Jen and I played throughout the month. And some other folks will talk about games they played as well. Oh, and I totally forgot, man, what was I thinking? Normally when I do this, uh, to, you know, because Rell's not here for me to chat with, I uh, have like a game to unbox. Oh, I didn't even think of that. And now we're going live. Uh, let me say hello to everybody first, and then I'll run next door and see if I've got anything still in shrink that's worth opening. So, hello, Feldfan. Hello, Jack. Hello, Duck of Death. Hello, Bing. Hello, Rian. Hello, Flashburn. And, uh... And, And, uh, I'm sure playing about... Oh, Cassandra. Thank you for resubscribing, Cassandra. Oh, and, uh, not that you're here, but, uh, thanks for resubscribing subscribing yesterday. Ferbs, um, wherever you may be at the moment, maybe you'll show up. And look at that! The avatars aren't dancing again. It was working, and now they've stopped working again. Thank you, Soft and Razor, for subscribing and for testing and confirming that these stream avatars, once again, do not care if any of you come or go. They should have done a little happy dance. But, ah, well, I'll worry about that later, because we are live now. Hold on a second. Um, let's see. Where is my hold on? I'll be right back. I'm going to go grab a game to unbox, right? Okay, hold on. Oh, I'm so unprepared. Back, and I've got some games. So, hey, look, I can these are all still in shrink wrap. I can unbox any of them. Well, actually, no, this one's not because this is a uh, prototype for a game that's going to be coming on crowdfunding at some point. And I just forgot what that I grabbed that too. So, I need to make a quick poll for y'all. Which one of these do you want me to unbox while we're waiting for folks to show up? Because I really shouldn't start on the dot. Uh, let's see. So, that's a new bowl. What to unbox if I. Glory Island, uh, Shin Kansen, Switch and Signal, Hacktivity, and Winter Kingdom. Boom. Let me know what you think. Okay. Uh, Winter Kingdom, of course, is the oldest one of these, and there's an odd story behind that. Um, I, oh, we, I got Winter Kingdom a while ago. Jen and I played it, thought it was really good, but ultimately decided we just like Kingdom Builder better. Uh, because it just works better for two players. And um, so, I ended up getting rid of it. But then, by hook or by crook, somehow it has worked its way up to the top of the Roto Request geek list. And so, I'm going to be uh, filming it. I'm going to do a run-through for it in April. And so, I had to go and buy a new copy. I got... Uh, well... And, and this one I had to buy myself. It was not uh, sent in as a review copy. I mean, because when I got it originally, it was a review copy from, what was it? Queen Games. And I ended up covering it in the Roundup. But apparently, that was not enough for fans of wintry Frosty Kingdoms. So I will be covering it uh, soon, 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 soon. All right. And, uh, boop, boop, boo. Let me get this around over here, because it's a little more comfortable. How's everybody doing? Ugh! I was just going to say, is Thursday a good day for these? But I can't really, it doesn't really matter what day it is because I just do this the day, the final day of the month, so that when it goes on Kickstarter, it'll be on the big day. Hello, McFly from Germany. Uh, Switch and Signal is a great co op. Yes, uh, probably of all of these, Switch and Signal is the one I'm, well, actually, I'm really excited about Shinkansen too. Shinkansen Zero Kai, since it's from the designers of Red Cathedral. Glory Island, I have to admit, I don't really know much about this. Uh, oh, uh, what's it? Uh, Rio Grande Games sent it along with the new Dominion expansion, which is what I was really jonesing to cover. And they said, hey, why don't you try Glory Island 2? And I took a quick look, and I thought, yeah, that could be pretty fun. Let's give it a go. I do know the designer, R. Fuehler... I don't remember what, but he has done something else that I did like. Oh, Monasterium! That's right. Is This this is the follow-up to Monasterium. I think. I could be wrong about that. But um, Hacktivity, of course... Oh, wait, but it doesn't really matter? It is done. Switch and Signal is the winner. And with Winter Kingdom, wow, what is with all this Winter Kingdom love? All right, well, that's number two. So, and uh, then Glory Island... Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Activity is number two. All right, now bear in mind, this is... I have not looked at it. It just showed up uh, a couple days ago, and I put it on the shelf. But all right, so, bye, Glory Island. No glory for you. And uh, Zero Kai, Zero Love. And all right, what was the other ones? And all right. Oh, Winter Kingdom! Almost, you almost made it. What is with the love for Winter Kingdom? I mean, it's a good game. Don't get me wrong. It's just Kingdom Builder is better, and I just didn't see the reason to own both. When for uh, for our experience as a two player game, Winter Kingdom is just the board is so huge, and they didn't do really anything to scale it down for two players. That was kind of my bugaboo on that. But anyway, boop. Bye bye to you folks. Put you off to the side. Let's uh, open some Switch and Signal which is my overhead camera. Oh, why is it way over there? That's not right. Come on over here, overhead camera. There we go. Switch and signal. Now, so the cool thing about this is this is a train route building game, but it's a cooperative train route building game. You begin the game controlling just a few trains on the tracks, and it's easy to make them travel where you like. As more trains arrive, you have to plan and coordinate your train schedules. Is the signal green? Where's this train going? Oh no, the switch wasn't set. If your train heads off in the wrong direction, your goods won't arrive in time. Only by working together to schedule and move your trains effectively, will you and your team of conductors be able to win the game. Game. that actually sounds really cool that does not sound like your normal you know um, age of steam inspired train game with all this stock about switch uh, you know uh, switch signals and them going off in the wrong direction that's very cool So here's some clocks oh I like it when a game cares about time okay these punch very smoothly uh, apparently these are some busted lines and these I can't quite make out what those are what number seven is can you folks tell I don't know but here's the board itself, the piece de resistance. All right. And it's Nuremberg. Oh! Uh, um, first train to Nuremberg. Everybody remember that one? Oh, that was a good game. Amsterdam, Berlin. Right. So it looks like these are in... Oh, the okay. So these must be cities, and they must be at the end of the line. And what do the tracks look like? Where are the tracks? Are the tracks just already built? I don't see any... I was assuming there'd be little sticks of wood to represent the tracks. But I think... Wow! Is this a game where all the line is already built from the get-go? I am definitely much more interested in this now. Look at this. So there's this switch setting card. So this uh, shows how switches can be moved when playing an action card. That is getting to be very intriguing. I have to admit, I was only interested in this because, oh, it's a co-op train game. But... But I assumed it would be like, oh, it would be playing Age of Steam co-op. But this seems very, very different. I am much more intrigued by this now. I wonder how it's doing on the vote. Because, uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, let's go on ahead and take a quick looky-loo at that. You know, every month, uh, backers of the show on Patreon, they actually get to vote on what I'm going to cover. And the voting is still going on, even now, as we speak. Let's see, how is it doing? Uh, bah, bah, bah. Oh, no. All right, let me go over to the browser view. There we go. So, uh, so far, for the month of April, Concordia Solitaria, which surprised me, but... well, um, oh, that's right, yeah, Real Grand also sent a copy of Concordia Solitaria. So I'll be doing a co-op run-through of that, it looks like, unless there, are Priscilla, thank you very much for subscribing! Welcome back! It's good to see you! You know you're one of my favorites. Um, right. So Concordia is currently winning, and then Maracaibo the Uprising, no surprise there. Three Sisters, uh, Shinkansen Zero Kai, and Switch and Signal comes in at 17, almost 1,800. Ah. So, oh man, seeing this now, though, this looks so cool. But it did not get the vote, so it will not get covered in April. Glory Island down here, what's at the bottom of the list? Poor, sad Nirvana, every month, negative 129 points. People don't want to see it that much, that they are downvoting it that much. Wow. All right. Well, so it looks like maybe, folks, this is all you're going to get to see of... uh, Oh, let's go back to the overhead, of Switching Signal, because it did not get the votes. Let's see. It looks like we have goods cubes. And, okay, so these disks are the switches. Okay, I see. And you, they probably indicate whether a line is active or not. That seems pretty cool, I gotta say. And then it looks like the last thing, there's some dice. Just look like little regular wooden dice. There are some trains. These seem a little... Not, no, oh, look at these. These are fancy. These are nice. All right, looks like there's two per player. Or, there, but there's three gray ones. Oh, no, there's three black ones. Oh, no, no, there's three of each color. Okay, so I don't know if these are goods types. Let's go ahead and take a closer look at the detail of those trains. So, those are cool looking, a bit above and beyond the normal wooden trains we've uh, grown accustomed to over the years. And then the last bit there's a Brick O cards. Let's see if I can get it open with my completely non existent thumbnail. I can, I did it. All righty. Off to the side you go. What do we go? Oh, all right, so we've got okay. These are obviously manipulating switches. It would appear, and uh, I don't know, making the trains move. It would look like, and what else? A whole bunch of those. And then it looks like I don't know. Are those for an automated player, perhaps, indicating how the trains will move outside of player control? Maybe. Totally guessing. Again, if I'd been thinking ahead of time, I would have spent the time actually preparing. And then, wow, there's not very many cards. And then there's this... Yeah, I figured that wouldn't show up on the green screen. Boop. It's a green light go. Turn the switch live. There's like 50 bajillion of this green card. And then 50 bajillion of this, uh, I guess, uh, manipulate the switch card. And then there's a bunch of these. I'm assuming from that it's make any train you want go. And then... There's just a handful of these that have various uh, combinations of trains moving in different ways. So that's what you got for cars. All right, and I think that's it. Anything else in the box? Uh, nope. So back it all goes in, and our first unboxing is done. I, I I don't remember who somebody in the chat said that they've actually or said that it's a really great cooperative game. Have you said anything more? Mystery chatter, which if I were just to scroll back, I could see exactly who it was. Um, but yeah, oh man, now I'm bummed that you folks, or not you folks, the Patreon backers of the show, did not vote for it because, wow, that looks really, really, really cool. All right, so let's look at the other one, the number two you voted for, Hacktivity. Now this is a prototype, so it's not shrink-wrapped. I have not looked at this yet. I, I remember, um, Ruel and I talked about this a million years ago on an RR episode, I think when I first saw this and read about it as an upcoming Kickstarter campaign, so we've got some basic rules. I mean, it's amazing to me. I mean, I've been doing uh, Kickstarter previews for a long time, and these days they often come. Uh, it's often they're indistinguishable from the final product. This this has a weird printing feel. This it's not glossy or whatnot, but I mean, man, I always appreciate it. It makes my life easier to read when the rules are that finalized. Oh, we got two scenarios. The, apparently, my. Uh, thing comes with two scenarios. Oh, and then some lock stuff, because scenario four, scenario five, scenario six, I'm not ready for those scenarios. Ooh, what's this? What's this? There's something in the air. What's this? All right. Um, this uh, is a piece of plastic that is literally bolted to this uh, board. It comes pre-bolted. Well, no, actually, I could pop it out if I wanted to. Obviously, this is just to hold the pieces in. I don't know if this is representative of some kind of deluxification for the game. Oh, and then the uh, foreign language. French. Oh, and then another one. Look at these. I bet you anything, this must be... I mean, they must have sent this so that I'd be able to demonstrate what their deluxe thing is, and that, you know, it'll just be stuff directly lying on the board for regular players. I don't know, though. Those are really cool. And it's really neat how they're just literally directly, you know. I mean, they're not going anywhere. Bop, 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 bop. I mean, oh, you can see. But again, everything you're seeing here is prototype, folks. I don't know, have any idea what the real thing's gonna look like. And then there are a bunch of cards and just some standard uh, cubes to obviously, uh, you know, these are transparent plastic cubes and some transparent plastic hexagons, obviously, that sit in those transparent pla- uh, plastic progress cube holder thingies. All right. And then we got some cards, 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 some cards. What do we got here? All right. Let's see. I, I'm assume this is probably, since it's all together in its own bag, probably for one of the uh, scenarios. Now, I'm just throwing these at you really fast. I don't know what any of this means. Really, all you're getting is a sense for the art, I guess, of this prototype. But even if I did know, I probably... Oh, oh, hey! I was thinking I was showing you the wrong side. Here's some actual game side stuff. I was just showing you the back of the cards. I thought that was a little repetitive. All those cards. Um, I'm trying to remember what... Oh, and then... Well, what are those mysterious things? Anyway, what was it that got me into this game? Oh, I dimly recall that it is a deck builder. But let's see if I can get it from the rules. It's a deck builder, but um, you know, there's like these common decks. Or no, no. What was it? Oh yeah, no. There, there's common decks that are good that are full of good events and bad events. This is a cooperative game, and when you set it up, you set up the deck of good events and bad events. And at the start of your turn, you're going to draw a certain number of cards, and you can choose where you want to draw them from. If you want to draw, draw all the really bad, terrible things that we have to cooperatively overcome, or the good things that'll make our lives easier. And so that's like the central tension of the game: deciding, okay, are we as a group prepared for me to like draw three really horrible? terrible events? Or should we take it easy on ourselves? But we have to ultimately clear out both decks, if I recall correctly. Something like that. I remember thinking, wow, that sounds really cool. I can't wait to give it a try. And I still can't wait to give it a try. That's activity. Look at that, folks. Um, Right. So we've killed some time. Uh, People are starting to show up, I think, which means I can get to work what I'm actually here to do. Out of the way, camera. Bye-bye. But... Let's see how everybody is doing. I think I heard some events while I was doing all that. Fidelia, thanks for the resub. Priscilla, again, thank you. And um, oh, and thanks to everybody who's following. How are we doing? Um, wow, only five more people, only five more subscribers to unlock a uh, a new uh, RVR. Which I'm sure when we get to April. And you know a lot of people... subscribe. Everybody subscribes only for a month, and everybody has to manually resubscribe, unless they commit for three months or six months or whatever. So I imagine we will definitely uh, have to uh, um, get some time, me and Ruel, to do an RVR. And uh, Rainer, thank you very much for subscribing. How are you doing? Oh my gosh, Rainer. Uh, Founders of TaylorGuyCon is so, so good. You um, tell Philip I mean, I don't know. I assume Philip saw my video. I think I just put it up live this morning. Wow! Congratulations! Uh, just another banger on your guys' hands. Fantastic, board and dice. You are, I mean, you're, you're top, uh, you know, top of the class these days. Okay. Um. Did I miss any other big events? Oh, Goblin Nine Eight One. Thank you for resubscribing. Soft your razor. Thank you for resubscribing. Cassandra. Thank you for resubscribing. All right. And somebody else. And oh my gosh, whoever just did that. Uh. Uh, Keserdrix, you just started a hype train! Look, the train comes into town! And actually, I made the train a little bit bigger, because it was too tiny before. So, for the remainder of the time that this hype train is open, apparently, if you subscribe, or gift subscribe, or give bits, basically, if you throw money into the coffer, you will end up riding around on the train, or your logo will, or something like that. Uh, I guess the main reason, really, to build a hype train is, for the rest of this stream, you will unlock um, unique emotes that you normally don't have access. Too, so you can express yourself um, and your feelings about however I ranked whatever it was we played this month. So, that's all going on. Thank you for the support so far, folks. Just so close to the RVR. Normally, it's not till a week or two into the month, so we're definitely getting ahead. And we're also so close to another uh, top 10. Just a few more followers there. Priscilla, thank you for cheering, Priscilla. Now, I'm curious. Did that put you on the train? Because I'm still not... Yep, there you are. Nope. Yeah, Rainer's on the train. Uh, Fidelity's on the train. Uh catch... Okay, Priscilla, why aren't you on the train? You should be totally on the train. I wonder if there's a certain threshold. I have to admit, or there is an empty box, Priscilla. Do you just not have a unique icon? Maybe that's what it is. I really don't know. Maybe you are the mysterious empty um, seat, or uh, you know, between Fidelia and uh, Kesredrix. But I mean, the the reality is, this is a little, uh, um, oh, what do you call it? A uh, a just a freebie plug-in that I found somewhere. It doesn't really get a lot of support, so it might be a bit buggy, too. The main reason I have it is so it was the only way I could find any plug-in for um, you know, live streaming that would make an event sound when a hype train starts. And I did, and I wanted to be able to hear it. When it first comes out, it goes toot-toot, and that's why it's here. Wesloid, thank you for subscribing three months, and Wesloid gets a seat. Oh, man, what is going on, uh, Priscilla? That is totally unfair. But even if the train doesn't appreciate you, I certainly do. Thank you. Uh, and you're cheering again. Okay, there you are. Although, interestingly, you've got my face, Priscilla. You are in the front seat with my um, logo. Wow. Okay. Um, that just means I've, I've joined you in the front seat. Uh, we're, si- we're sitting first class in that train while everybody's outside, jumping up and down, wishing they could get on the train. You and me, Priscilla, to the end of the line. Um... Again, I'm sure you have your own, uh, but okay. So it kind of works. It's kind of a weird little glitchy train. It's cute, though. All right. So uh, so the train is going. That's great. Now, let me confirm that I've got all my stuff set up. Uh, thanks for the sub. Um, Skull. congratulations. Oh, look at that train. It's getting bigger by the second. I think this is uh, the first time a trains come out that people are really using it. Oh, so that's interesting. So you immediately went into that empty space that got created when Priscilla did something. That's so strange. Um. Oh, and look, the, the, the avatars are responding to a follow, but they didn't respond. I don't know. One more. One more, Um, says Priscilla. Um, oh, you want a whole nother train. Uh, there we go. Little Buster in the front seat. Little Buster, is that your icon? I don't think your icon is like this. Oh, by the way, Little Buster, I'm so sorry. I have every intention of circling back around on the two outstanding things that I've said I will do with you. Um, They're both sitting in my email inbox, and I will. It's just, I thought I was going to be able to make time in March with Jen's Ukrainian drive. Um, That just just completely gobbled up all our spare time. I'm hoping in April we will be able to make time to do you-know-what and the other you-know-what as well. And uh, thank you for your patience. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Um... Oh, Drake from Patreon. Hello, Olvidski. Yes, Drake, I know you. You are, it's like you're, um, Drake, folks, is a background Patreon. So he gets to see videos, um, like, you know, usually a week or two before they go live. And every time I post one, you know, within an hour, Drake is there saying, Oh, well, by the way, you you kind of missed this up. And I was wondering, are you, are you Jonesing for Paulo's job? I do always forward those on to Paulo. So you are making his life a little bit easier by finding a couple of goofs because there's always plenty to go around. Thank you. Drake, for the support. And thank you, everybody, for the support. Look at this train! It's a monster train. It's a runaway train. It's a hype train. Things are going pretty well. But I need to get to work now, um, because then, you know, as soon as I'm done with this, we've got other stuff we need to do. So, right, I'm going to go back to checking to make sure. Alrighty, so I've got the browser queued up. All right, but I don't need that anymore. Hold on a second. I was just uh, messing around with things. Right, there we go. So is the browser working? Yes. Uh, when I get going, I'm gonna do, I mean, Jen has closed down her, you know, she, she did her final report today for the money she raised for Ukraine. Over $10,000, uh, over 350 of these little witwat that she ended up making. So I just uh, grabbed this video so I'd be able to talk about it when we actually start recording the real show. Uh, I'm so proud of her. It's just so amazing. I mean, neither of us, I mean, we, we generally donate to charity, you know, somewhere between one and two thousand dollars a year, we have for most of our lives, you know, depending on what our financial situation was. But I mean, you know, this nothing, uh, you know, compares to all the outpouring of support from everybody. It's just been absolutely amazing. So anyway, so the browser is queued up, ready to go. And oh man, folks, I am really risking everything today. I am experimenting with a new way to film these. Where um, oh, thank you, Force of Glass. Yes, they are amazing. That's just that was just a uh, small. Little tidbit of all the ones Jen has made. There are so many of them, no two alike. Uh, you know, there were a couple times she was saying, eh, "Maybe I could start assembly lining a few of these and just kind of like repeating the same motifs." And but uh, you know. and then she would sit down and the flame would just take her wherever it would go, and it ended up they were all unique, no matter who you are, no matter how many you ordered. Um, uh, yeah, and that was that was a lot. That was a lot, and she's still not done yet. Oh my goodness! Anyway, though, so um, right. I should actually check the chat, make sure I'm not missing. Um, yes, Wesseloid, a uh, very good point. There are while Jen has stopped, um, bringing them in. There are four more that are on the Jack Vassell Memorial Fund, which you can get to. Oh, I should make. I should have a re- prepare for that. Let's do that. Uh, HTTP colon slash slash jv Save. Yes, I will have that ready to put on the screen when I start recording for real because there are still four of them, a set of four that she designed to work well together, plus four copies of the Rotto uh, Everdell cards. And I think the bid is up to 300 bucks. The way that's working is people are donating at the Jack Vassal. Oh, you know, I'll talk about this in the show. I don't need to talk about it right now. Um, but yeah, that'll be, I think, the last chance for a while to get these uh, little critters. Okay. Um, let's see. Did uh, anything else? Oh, wait a minute. What happened? Uh, is ten? What uh, you know? One hundred or one hundred thousand and twenty-four? Hello, is? Uh, thank you for subscribing. Oh my gosh, did we do it? Yes, we did. I need to come up with some kind of alarm that will make crazy things happen. But let's just say, yay, we did it! Look at that! Oh, gold star to everybody for putting us over the top. And um, let's have some good vibes, too. Yay! We have unlocked an RVR before the month was over. I think that might be the first time that has happened. Yahoo! So, that's all very, very good. Thanks, everybody, who contributed to um, to that. Uh, so, Roel and I, now, we need to start figuring out What are we going to play ideally with all of you in the month of April? Because we got, and then next time this will be reset. You can still subscribe now, folks. If you subscribe, this won't fill up anymore, but I do keep track and those subscribes will, well, you know what? Heck with it. Why wait? Let's just do it right now. I'm just going to fix that right now. Streamlabs, right? I got to go to my dashboard. Do, do, do. I had not intended to reset this live. I've never messed with this live. Hopefully, this won't blow up in my face. It shouldn't. It should be fine. Right. So, what do I need here? I need, not you. No, not alert box. I need widgets. And I need, what is that? That is the subscriber goal, right? Subscriber goal. Sub goal. So, um, yeah. I need to basically copy that. I need to end the goal. I need to add a new one. The uh, and uh, we have zero at the moment, and we have until t- the year twenty thirty to complete it. And the cl- the count begins again. I'm doing all kinds of stuff live that I've never done before. And so far, nothing's blown. Anyway, also oh, I was saying, I'm doing a crazy experiment today. I am, um, I have opened up all 20 or so games that I'm going to be talking about today in tabs in Chrome, and they're all running at the same time. This will make it very, very easy for me just to switch between things as I go. It, um, is, uh, not insignificant system resource hog. I remember Ruel tried this once and it blew up on him live while we were filming. So, but uh, I've got a strong machine. It should be fine. So, wish me luck, everybody. Um, that's a triple. Finger crossed. finger crossed. And then the fingers crossing are crossed. Uh, that nothing will blow up in my face. Um, oh, Wes Lloyd. Yes, very good. Um, you know, spreading the word. Yeah, it's three hundred. You'll get four Witwat. You'll get four sets of Everdell cards. And um, and the, the three hundred you bid will actually go to the Jack Fassel Memorial Fund, which you know helps gamers in need all over the place. And then whatever that auction ultimately gets, Jen and I will match that bid to go to care.org. So really, you're doubling um, your investment there, or you know your your, your goodwill spreading. So uh, check it out. Um, again, let me put it back on the screen. Boop. There we go. That's a, There's a link to it right there. Although West Lloyd, I believe, put the uh, link in the show notes as well. Or not the show notes, in the chat. All righty. Oh my goodness, so much stuff going on. Without Ruel to help me keep track of things, I'm falling apart. All right, you move over there. Uh yes, uh, Priscilla, thank you. Good luck indeed. I am uh terrified of it. Yeah, look, you do have a unique icon. Why didn't your um your gigantic glasses show up in the train? Uh you must have dropped them and so you were looking around from down the floor, and that's why and then I grabbed your seat, apparently, the second time you did it crazily. Um, choo-choo. Right. Oh, is the train left station? Well, uh, thank you folks for the support. Um, oh, Priscilla going to Hawaii. I have heard it is tough to go to Hawaii now, isn't it? That they have really, really extreme, um, restrictions and testing and, uh, and, and whatnot that you have to go to because they're trying to think under control. If in fact, that's the case, good luck, uh, getting there. Or maybe that's what somebody else was saying. Good luck to, not to me. Or maybe, no, I think you were saying good luck. Um, Right, what else? All right, there has been a lot of chitty-chat stuff going on. And I just don't have time to look through it all now. Uh, But folks, if, while you're watching the show that I'm about to film, if you have any questions... Um, start your post, your comment, with a question mark. Because that will put it into a special queue so that when I'm done filming the show, I'll be able to see, oh, look, here's all the questions that came in. And I'll just be able to boom, 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 put them on screen and answer them one at a time. And I won't have a hard time you know, finding them amongst all of the uh, colorful chitty chat stuff. So start your questions for me with a question mark. You can end with a question mark too, but that's not necessary. If you do that, it'll go in the queue. And after we are done with the, uh, with the roundup recording, uh, if you had any questions, well, I will do my best to answer them. Okay. All right, so... Oh, but hold on a second. My phone is ringing. Of course it is. Hold on. Hello? Yeah, you're low. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, nope I will get I will get one down there this afternoon. I'm actually filming live right now. Yep, 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 no problem. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll definitely I'll get it down there this afternoon, I promise. Alright. Alrighty, bye. Okay. Oh, uh right. Ooh. Am I going to forget that? That was an important task I just gave myself. I'm going to email myself right now, so I do not forget to do that, uh, since I just promised. In front of all of you, so you can all hold me accountable. Alrighty. To myself... Uh, all right. Send. My inbox is basically my to-do list. I've said in the past I don't have a to-do list. I don't really have a traditional to-do list. I just... Uh, I'm I'm getting better about just sending emails to myself to do things. Uh, But then, you know, when you get a huge influx of like, you know, 50 emails in a day or 100 emails in a day, it's not a perfect system, but it's something. Okay. Um, (laughs) Okay, so we are ready to go, I think. And I see people are starting to use the question mark thing. So some questions are queuing up there, which we'll get to at the end. So if all goes well, fingers crossed again, I will just be able to... Wait a minute. Oh, let me make sure the browser's still open. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I've got those queued up. Let me take that um, off of the banner for a little bit. And I'll talk about it when I start. All right, so it's going to be, hey, everybody. Uh... Oh, shoot. This show is sponsored by Fun Again Games. i got to set that up. Oh, I am not ready for prime time at all. Let's see here. Uh, I think uh, I think I probably still have it set up from... Yeah, there we go. Okay. So, hey, everybody. This week's episode... Or, no, not the r Hey, everybody. Uh, this, uh, the March 2020 Roundup is brought to you by Fun Again Games. And hello. How are you doing? Jen's awesome. Uh, go to Jackassel, blah, blah. Um, K- Kim is on the channel now. She's doing great stuff. So, new things are happening. Um, but before we get to that, let's start with Shay talking about some games. Shay, take it away. And then he'll start. And then I go over to the browser. But by that point, I will not have this. I will have had that on screen when I was talking about Jen, and said I will have his first game. Let's make sure he is set up. Hey, folks, so I actually played a ton right. of games this can month. Can you hear him? Folks. I, I believe you could Tower be able West. to hear Shay there. Uh, and then, after stuff. he's done um, talking and through I his stuff, I then go to me, and then I can then we talk about stuff Ryan did, and the stuff Kim did, and then we go to me. Okay, cool, cool, cool. And I see, loud and clear, thank you. Oh, hey, Kabuki. Uh, Bing, Death, Duck, uh, Forest, thank you, everybody. Okay. Then, I believe I have all of my ducks in a row. And I am prepared. So I will uh, warn everybody. Uh, um, normally, I think, oh, I don't see uh, Femme Sensei here today. She must have had important things to do. That's cool. Uh, normally, she's the one to tell everybody if there's a raid halfway through. Rado can't respond to the raid right now. He's recording live. Uh, but I'm, 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 I'm sure you all you all know the drill. But there it is on the screen as well. Okay. One last sippy sip. Mmm. Mm. mm. Uh, oh, thank you, Bing. Yes, of course we cannot uh, go into battle without all of you battling first. Battle Royale, boom. Let's see. Um, let the uh, blood sport begin. Where is that? Uh, there they are. Okay. I just need to get you out of the way for a little bit. <clears throat> Okay. And we're off. And Kabuki, you are no longer the Star Holder. Rian is the Star Holder right now. And Rian is surrounded, getting hit by exacting vampire. And Ruel is chasing after Rian too. Rian and Goblin go side to head. But Rian is untouchable, seeing as how Rian is currently the star-catching king. Or queen. Um, And Rian is just fretting all the lightsaber love around. A green lightsaber, so you know Rion is a good Jedi, not a bad Jedi. Wow, Rion is unstoppable! Until ran afoul of Wesseloid, who had a Koopa shell on their back. And, alright, so how's it going now? Scott O'Brien making the run for the health pack. If he does, if he gets it, and he does! So he's coming, nobody can see him coming. Priscilla, turn around! You're surrounded by Little Buster Jack! But Scott O'Brien is the big killer! Scott O'Brien takes out Little Buster, kaboom! Scott O'Brien, or no, and it's down to Jack and Scott. All right. No health packs. What the heck? Jack! Wow! Where did that come from? Jeepers Creepers. Um, I get the, the, the it's the power of the elephant snout. Did it. You know, hand to hand. Um, you know, took on all those big, uh, swords. Yes, the Jack attack. Well done. Very cool. All righty, well, that was very good. And uh, enjoy your 100 uh, uh, avatar coins. You can now afford to buy yourself a hat, since you were basically running around naked with your proboscis just flopping all over the place. Okay. So, all right, so that's very important. Cannot have the show without uh, getting that done first. So, ready to go. I am ready to go. So, uh, thanks for showing up, everybody. Uh, McFly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. Is this normal? Says McFly. Uh, there is nothing normal about this show. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, welcome to the party. It's yeah, you know, it's as close to normal as things get around here. Um, uh, innuendo? Much? What? I don't know what you're referring to. Kabuki? This is a this is a clean show for families. Uh, how dare you? How dare you imply such a thing? Anyway, okay, let me get going. Um, oh, first time here, congratulations, welcome, uh, McFly. I do a YouTube show uh, where I talk about board games. Uh, six months ago, I started doing stuff on Twitch, and now, every month, I film some of the show, some of my YouTube shows live For an audience to watch. And I do a little bit of chitty chat with the audience at the beginning and end. But this is a job I would have done today anyway, just by myself. And instead, I'm just streaming live, me streaming, me doing my normal monthly uh, roundup show. That's what's going on here. Mm. Oh, um, JR The Truth, another first timer, wonders what did I just witness? Um, Stick around, there's plenty more. Of uh, that kind of silliness. These stream avatars, I love them so much. I know not everybody digs them, but to me, they're so much fun. I mean, there's a uh, oh, hold on. So let's have let's have a little bit of fun before we go. All right. Uh, let's see. Oh, like mass. haven't done this one for a while. So, um, you know, if you if you're a subscriber to the channel. Well, a lot of good stuff happens if you subscribe. Like, uh, you don't have to watch ads on Twitch, and you can get discounts on Roto Merch, and you can get um, access to the secret word that is, like, for contest winning. Um, And, of some people might think one of the coolest things is if you subscribe, uh, you get a little stream avatar. And while the show is going on, if you scroll down below the video, there's like a whole list of stuff you can do. You can dance. You can hug each other. You can challenge each other to duels. You can play slot machines. Um, and as well, we can do like group things like that big, uh, group attack. There's like a group basketball game we can play, which I really like. You really need to do another one. You can just send yourself flinging. You can fling yourself all over the place. Um, Oh my gosh, Kabuki points out, it would be cool if they look like Jen's Witwats. That is a very, very true statement. I like that idea a lot, but that would be a lot of work. Um, and I mean, I mean, because I mean, there's there's dozens of animations for all the different things these could do, but that would be very, very cool. I imagine there's probably somebody out there I could pay to do it. Maybe somewhere down the road. But um, for now, I love the little blockheads. They're adorable. And they've got so much customization options, too. Anyway, though. Anyway, so yeah. As the closer to my sales pitch... In case you're like, well, yeah, but I don't want to pay 5 bucks a month to subscribe just so I can get a cute little thing. Well, if you are an Amazon Prime subscriber, you can get all those benefits for free. Amazon Prime lets you subscribe to one Twitch channel a month uh, for no cost to you at all. Uh, It's just like a free bonus that most Amazon subscribers don't realize they have. And so if you do that, then you can get all those cool things, uh, not costing a cent. And therein ends the uh, sales pitch. And now, I gotta get to work. So, let me... uh, One last sippy sip. My throat, in all honesty, has still not recovered from uh, Dice Tower West in Vegas at the beginning of the month. JR Truth, thank you for subscribing. You're the first subscriber working us towards another RVR episode. And so, your avatar should appear within two or three minutes. You'll just see it walking around. And again, if you scroll down, you can see what all the commands are you can do. And if you click the stream avatar link, that will open up a window that will let you do customization and whatnot. There are some customization options that are available for free. And just the longer you watch, you slowly accumulate points or you get points if you challenge people to duels or if you, uh, you know, um, you know, do the slot machine thing or if you win the big battle royales. And there's various and sundry ways that you get points for more customization. Alrighty. You folks have distracted me long enough. Uh, You are no longer here. You're all dead to me. I'm going to start filming my show now. All righty. So, here. What is it? It's the March 2022 roundup. Hey, everybody. The March 2022 roundup. All right. Thank you for subscribing, McFly. Apparently, I talked you into it. We have two subscribers for another RVR episode. Everybody dance! Look, oh, everybody's dancing. Oh, you followed. So it worked for the follow, but not the subscribe. Okay, nope. Sorry, I will check all this when I do my replay later this afternoon uh, and see if I missed anything. I gotta get to work. All right, this time for sure. Hey, everybody! The March 2022 Roundup is brought to you by Fun Again Games. And hello, folks. Welcome back. It is that time of the month when I sit down and tell you all about all the games my wife, Jen, and I played over the preceding four weeks. And I've got a bunch of games to talk about. But it is not just me anymore. Um, Shay will be talking about some games, including games that he was just playing for fun that didn't even show up on the channel. Uh, but he was so passionate, he wanted to talk about them. Ryan covered a bunch of new rules videos. And the newest contributor to the channel, Kim, did another run-through as well. So first, you're going to hear from all the contributors, then you'll hear about Jen's and my games. But before we get to that, um, on the last roundup, uh, Jen actually got on... Uh, screen and sat down and talked to everybody about what she was doing to try to raise funds for the people of Ukraine, um, you know, who are in the middle of a war zone right now. And she committed to um hundred percent of her profits from a wonderful, adorable new line of game pieces she makes. Um let's see if we can put them on screen. Uh she was she started making these in the Ukrainian flag colors, blue and yellow. She has now gotten orders, I think uh, oh, 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 I forget. It's like over 400... Or no, over 200 orders, and she has to make over 350 of them, which is like well over a year's worth of work for her. She is working night and day, um, banging these out, every one of them unique, and um, 100% of the profits goes towards care.org. And she just announced today that um, she's had to close taking more orders because she just can't take any more. She's only one woman. Um, but she has raised over $10,000. And with matching funds, we have actually ended up donating to various um, Ukrainian relief causes over $20,000. And I just wanted to take a second to say thank you, Everybody out there who helped. Either, if, you know, if you were able to buy some, or even if you just shared, um, you know, to try to drum up support for it. I mean, there's just such an outpouring of love from Board Game Geekdom. It's just absolutely amazing. And before we move on, um, while Jen is not taking any more orders, there is still one last way to pick up four more of these a little witwat, and they are on um, auction right now on the Jack Vassal Memorial Fund Auction. This is something that the Dice Tower runs every year to raise funds to help gamers in need in their darkest hour. Uh, Jen and I have been you know donating our time and resources for years uh, to try to raise more funds for the Jack Vassal. And if you f- go follow the link at the bottom of the screen, http: colon slash slash jv for jackvassel.rotto.com, you will go to my entry on the auction where you can get four more. The last four of these that Jen is going to She's going to make a special set, and they will go to one lucky winner of that auction. Plus, that um, winner will also end up getting four sets of the uh, Rado Runs Through Everdell cards. And um, and then you'll also get to make me run through some games that you want to see, too. So, uh, definitely, if you've got the... Uh, the, you know, the the inclination, go to jv.rado.com, check it out. And while you're there, scroll through. There are so many amazing things there. But if you do end up bidding on ours and you end up winning, basically the money you bid will go to the Jack Vassal Fund and we will do matching funds to care.org to get even more help to the people of Ukraine. Okay, folks. I know that was all very heavy, but you know we are all humans. We are all in this together. I have so many fans of the show in the Ukraine who have reached out to me, and I just want to say we are all with you. I also have a lot of friends in Russia or, or fans of the show, and um, you know, I know I I think it's so important that I am letting all of you know that you know Ukraine is out there, and and if you stand in opposition to your government, we are with you too. I, I've heard from so many folks as while well, I've been wearing the shirt and while Jen has been fundraising, it's just been. Absolutely incredible. And um, I think that's it. So, without further ado, folks, you want to hear a countdown about games, don't you? That's what you showed up for? Well, you're in luck. Um, You're going to get it, and we're going to start out with Shay, my number one contributor to the channel for now. Watch out, Shay. Kim is coming up fast. And let's see what he had to play.
1: Shay, take it away. Hey folks, so I actually played a ton of games this month because I went to Dice Tower West. Uh, I played a lot of great stuff, um, and I could talk for hours about all of them, but I don't want to take up too much of your time, so I'm going to pick a couple highlights from the con, and uh, I'm going to put those into my list. Um, But let's get started with uh, game number four, which is Darkest Dune. Now this was a paid preview. This is a very dark uh, game about, obviously it's in the name, uh, but besides just the look of the game. The theme of the game is very, very heavy, and very dark and, and gothic in a lot of ways, and it follows these anthropomorphic animal uh, people who are trying to save the land of Betel from this calamity that is coming. It's actually already destroyed the world, but they've been given another chance. They've gone back in time to try and save, uh, save the world, essentially. And it was a really interesting game. There's a lot of different ways you can play it. There's like four different uh, possible victory conditions. It's competitive, though, the theme makes it seem more cooperative than anything. It's sort of a semi co op but there's only going to be one winner. Um, and it was really a really interesting, really ga- a really cool game. Um, the only reason it's on the bottom of my list is that it was a little. Uh, it was complicated. It's a very complex game. Luckily, Ryan did a great rules video for it. But it's, there's a lot of finicky things to it, so that. Mm, tempered my excitement just a little bit, but the, the ideas and the scope of the game are really ambitious, and they pull it off pretty well, so I do still recommend it. Uh, now, my number three games, another paid preview, this was Stellar Expedition. Now, not only did I cover that on Rotto, I also made a rules video on my channel, uh, RTFM, um, and this game is something that I've been looking for, for quite <clears throat> for quite a while, which is a Star Trek game. Now, I know that there are Star Trek There are games that are in the Star Trek universe, but this is a game that really feels like you're in the Star Trek world, like you are part of the Federation, because it is not about combat. This is a game about exploration, and mostly peaceful exploration at that. You just sort of go around the galaxy, you encounter new worlds, and you pop down embassies, and you invite new people into your crew, and you try to uh, complete missions and stuff. So it's a very easygoing game. It's very light conflict um two player actually can get a little bit competitive but uh for the most part it's pretty it's pretty low conflict and, and pretty like I said, easy easygoing game a nice sci-fi experience so i really liked it for that uh now uh going on to my number two game this is one of the uh, dice tower west games uh, this is decorum uh it's one of the two that i really want to highlight because this game is wild it so The premise is simple. It's a co-op game. You play as a group of housemates who are trying to decorate your shared living space in a way that satisfies everyone's tastes. And everyone's tastes are determined by a few cards that you get that determine, like, um, what you specifically want from uh, rooms in the house. And so there are things like you can change the paint color and you can put out uh, three different, you know, things that uh, you—curios or, or like, lamps or— and just stuff that you'd have in your house. And there are different types and different like colors that these can be. And so you might think you might have a a, a rule that says, you know, if uh, the walls are painted red, I don't want any curios in the room or something like that. And everyone's got their own set and they're all kept secret. So on your turn, you'll just make a change or you'll, you'll take something out or you put something in or you swap something. And and then everyone will sort of go around and passive-aggressively tell you how they feel about it. It's like the it's a very passive-aggressive house meeting kind of thing for uh, for these roommates. And so it has this combination of hidden information, uh, or, or like mostly hidden information, and a little bit of role-playing, because you, if you really get into the spirit of it, which I did, and the group that I was playing did, uh, you really have a lot of fun with it. I think it just came out recently. Uh Definitely check out Decorum uh, if you like these quirky little uh, co-op games. Uh, but my number one uh, is one that I think a lot of people were talking about. I believe the hype folks. Arkanova. It's fantastic. It's just such a great game. I mean, I love Terraforming Mars. Um, and I think this game might be better. I think it might. Oh, it has, gasp! It has a very similar feel <clears> to it. Throat> and, throat> but it has a few things that are, are the key differences. One being uh, the player boards, you know, everyone's got their own personal player board as opposed to the shared, you know, Mars board. Um, But also the way that actions are done, I think is a big difference. I think it's much improved. It's a very very engaging way to play. And this is uh, taken directly from the Civilization uh, board game, which the second Civilization board game, uh, A New Dawn. Um, And I've played Civilization board game. I think it's decent. I think with the expansions, it's a lot better. I think that the Action system is the best thing about it. So if you're going to lift something from that game, absolutely lift that. It's one of those things where you've got five different actions you can do. They're on a row below you, and you will pick one action. And the farther to the right that it is, the more powerful that action becomes. And so you want to... And But then as soon as you do it, it shunts back to the one position, slides everything over. So ideally, you'd be doing all of the level five actions for their most powerful abilities, but that's not always what you want to do. So... You have to make these complex choices. And then on top of that, there's the great engine building uh, mechanics that are very familiar if you've played Terraforming Mars. Now, I don't know that Terraforming Mars will ever leave my collection. I love the theme so much, the setting of it. I personally like the space exploration a little bit more than the building a zoo uh, ideas from Ark Nova. But, oh boy, it is such a great game. So... Uh, Those are the games that I played that I specifically wanted to highlight this month. Uh, And now a quick personal note, I'm not going to be in the roundup next month. Um, I do still have some videos that are going to come out. I've been kind of spacing them out and, you know, pre-making them uh, to prep for this. But the reason for this is that I'm actually getting married at the end of April. And so I'm taking a little bit of time off uh, to, you know, focus on that. And then uh, I'll be going away uh, at the end or in May for, for our honeymoon. So... Um, you won't see me next week, uh, or next month for the roundup, but I will still have videos coming out and then I'll be back, uh, probably, uh, for the roundup following that. But anyway, that's enough from me. I will hand it back to you, Rado. Bye folks. Bye. Shay,
0: congratulations so much. I am so happy for your coming, Nutrals. And while it does mean uh, we're not going to be seeing as much of you for a little while because you will be uh, having, I hope, a wonderful, wonderful holiday, I'm sure folks can't get enough of you and cannot wait for you to come back. And uh, yeah, that was a great list of games. Definitely, um, you don't have to limit yourself to just the games that you covered for the channel. What other hot games did you play? I'm sure the people want to know. And uh, believe me, folks, you have not heard the last of Arc Nova and um, Decorum, uh, your number one and two. I might have a few things to say about them coming up later. But before we get to that, uh, Shay is not the only member of the team that uh, was very busy this month. Ryan Crichton of Nights Around a Table did a couple of rules runs throughs starting... With Cellulose, which is a very, very cool new game from Genius Games. And Genius Games' things is is they make fun. Uh, you know, kind of relatively lightweight, gateway ish, family level euro economic simulations that teach real, interesting, and compelling hard science. And this game is all about digging deep into um, plant cells uh, and, uh, you know, basically educating everybody about the process of photosynthesis. And if you check out Ryan's rules run through, it's not actual gameplay, but man, Ryan's rules run through do such a fantastic job of encapsulating the feel of the game. And I I cannot wait to give this one uh, a try myself. So Ryan covered cellulose. He also... Covered. Um, oh, what's it called? Uh, Darkest Doom, uh, which you know uh, uh, Shay did a run through for it as well. So you had a nice one-two combo. You can watch Ryan uh, teaching you all the rules of the game, and then you can watch Shay and see well he actually does. And uh, yeah, I mean Shay already kind of talked about this a little one about. I mean this is a big monster hit on. Um, is this on Kickstarter or GameCon? I don't remember for sure. But you know, big miniatures, big ideas, big expansive game, and so far it has really taken off. So Ryan will definitely get you set um, with his signature really highly polished uh, presentation that he does with his rules video. So you don't want to miss that. And then finally, he still wasn't done. He also covered Ryozin, which is another uh, fundraising game that's uh, running right now, which has this really cool tower in the center of the board that rotates and is constantly changing the state of the game. And um, yeah, let's see. I want to show Ryan, show yeah, there yeah, this is the tower. So the tower is on a central thing that rotates around and is constantly creating new opportunities for everybody as you do all kinds of good fantasy euro-y stuff. And um uh, yeah, it is definitely worth checking out also. So Ryan was very busy, and I think he's gonna be back with some more stuff in April, so you can watch this space soon. But you know what? As much as I love um, you know, all the videos that Ryan and Shay have been doing for the channel lately. What I'm really excited about these days is Kimberly Tolson of uh, Tabletop Tolson. She covered... Oh, what was it? Return to Dark Tower. This is the second video she has done on the channel. In February, she covered Seven Wonders Architects, and then, as she hit um, Return to Dark Tower, which was a big jump up. A, a nice, She started with a nice little simple, light, family white game, and then she got this big monster cooperative game that is... I would have had a hard time um, doing a run-through for this, and actually, I thought it was brilliant that to be able to show the game off, she busted out a lazy Susan so that she was able... And I, I thought that was so brilliant! Why haven't I been doing that forever on my videos when I have 3D objects that block the view. Uh, Kimberly is doing fantastic. If you haven't checked it out yet, I strongly recommend. I mean, she just brings such a sense of fun and enthusiasm. She might actually out-enthusiasm me, which I didn't think was actually possible. So, um, you know, she is the latest. She's going to have several games. Uh, She'll be filling in for Shay in the month of April while he's off. Uh, Like I said, Shay, Kim is coming for you. And, uh, I mean, she's just getting better with every video she does. So I am super-duper excited uh, to have Kim on the team. Okay, but uh, that's it, folks. Those are the contributors. Now, let's talk about the games Jen and I played. Uh, A bunch of them were ones that I played not with my wife, Jen, but instead with folks at the Dice Tower West convention at the beginning of the month. And so for those I don't have video, you're just going to see pictures of that I took while I was playing. And uh, you know what? The first one, number 18 on my list, is one of those games. It is Namiji. Which, um, is basically a sequel to, uh, Takedo from the, uh, designer. Oh my gosh. So the designer of Seven Wonders, Antoine Bauza. And this is basically what would happen if Takedo was set at sea as you're riding a ship, um, and you know going on wonderful voyages, seeing wonderful sights and doing various and sundry set collection elements instead of Takedo where you were just doing, going for a walk through the countryside. So it has a strong nautical flair to it. And the gameplay is still the same. The whole board is one long time track. Where the farther somebody moves forward, uh, the the longer it'll take before they get to take another turn. But you sometimes want to make big jumps to grab all the most important things to you. I mean, actually, it, it's. I would say this game is probably eighty percent Takaido. but the twenty percent that is new and different, I've got to say, is a big improvement. Takaido has always been a very, very, um, uh, you know, on the lighter end gateway style game, and it does that great. This one, Namiji definitely adds new, heavier gameplay elements to it that I very much appreciated. Now, at the end of the day, it comes in at the bottom of my list, not because of the gameplay, but because of the two-player scaling. Uh, Like Takaido before, the way it works for two-player is there's a third player that players take control um, and just use that only to screw each other over. So what what in a higher player count is actually a a tense but very peaceful and and live-and-let-live style game becomes a very vicious um, knife fight as you're constantly trying to cut off your opponents from what they need most. And I wasn't a fan of it in Takedo. I'm not a fan of it in Namiji. But, you know, that's really if you're looking for a cutthroat, light, gateway style game for two that works wonderfully at higher player counts, too, and is just drop dead gorgeous, you might want to check out number 18 Namiji. Then we go on to number 17, which is Libertalia Winds of Gale Crest. And actually, I got to come clean. I played this and filmed this back in February, and I completely forgot to include it in the February roundup. So I am playing catch up now. Um, ultimately, uh, if you went to the Dice Tower West library and you went to the hot games area where they had all the hottest stuff, there was a table devoted to this. That was my copy of the game because, as you might guess, coming in at number seventeen, it's not really a game for me and Jen, but it's so good. Uh, this is a remake of a uh, kind of a modern classic pirate Euro game where every Everybody has access to the same crew of, uh, of do Wells, who all have just such an incredible wide variety of special effects. And everybody is picking at the same time cards to play and reveal, trying to figure out what their opponent's going to do and outmaneuver them. So, um, you know, Libertalia has always been a well-loved game, but has been out of print forever. And this new version, I think, is superior in every way. The two-player scaling is better. Uh, it's deeper and richer. There are more cards. There's more variety to the crew. Um, it's it's kind of a you know a, a marmite thing. Some people don't like the new look and would rather have classic pirates, I think the new anthropomorphized animal pirates are neat as all get-out. Both my wife and I really enjoyed the the new, cleaner aesthetic of it. But, there's no denying um, there is a reason this is a modern classic. There is a reason this game was going for hundreds of dollars on the used market because people were so desperate to get it. And I'm so happy it's available now in a better package than ever before. Uh, I was very impressed, but the reason it comes in low is because my wife and I are Care Bears, and even though it works great now, better than it ever has as a two-player game, uh, it's still a little bit too cutthroat for me and Jen. There's still way too many opportunities to say, oh, it'd be a real shame if all that uh, treasure you got over there might get stolen by me. Buh-bye! Boink! And it's just, it's great if you like that, but just not our thing. But I I was so keen to try it, especially because it introduced new solo rules. And I love this game as a solo game. I almost kept it. I thought it was so much fun. I would almost say it's a better solo game than a two-player game, and it's already a very two Good two-player game. Now, this game is always best when you're playing with big groups of players, but um, solo players, definitely check out my run-through where I demonstrated how it worked as a solo game. Very, very impressive. Um, Number 17 of the month last month, really. Uh, Libertalia wins of Galecrest. Then we move on to number 16, Neko Harbor the Card Game. Oh my goodness. This is a wonderful, lovely, charming little engine building game where each player controls their own, um, what would you call it? I guess sightseeing operation? We are trying to build up a fleet of ships that can travel around to locations in the Antarctic so that people can study and watch uh, the uh, penguins in their Natural habitat. Um, And yeah, I mean, actually, now I think about it, the rules never say are we actually scientists or are we tour guides? You could go either way. I like to think we're scientists studying. But the important thing is not that. The important thing is this is an engine building game where every turn you are going to play a new card to the right of this line of cards you're building. And this represents kind of like a shipping line that your ships can actually move along. And as they move along, they will activate all the different spokes of your engine. And so you're trying to play cards in the correct order so that they. Will um, most um, efficiently pay out for you both when the ships, when your ships that you build and invest in come into port, but also your engine runs automatically every round. So, this is an engine building game where you get double use out of your engine. The whole thing runs every round, and then parts of it can run again if you can get enough fuel to have your ships visit certain parts of the engine. and um, And then the engine does different things. And now, all of this is ultimately to build up enough resources to get enough fleets of ships so you can. Send your ships to the islands, and then there's kind of an area control going on for dominance to see who um, you know, got the most of their fleet to the various spots. And so there's Brinksmanship for that. It's very well done. Everything about this game is absolutely fantastic. If you, if you're ever the type of person who says, Hey, what are unsung gems that are, you know, flying under the radar that people should really know about? Necho Harbor is it. Necho Harbor, the card game, is a brilliant, brilliant game. Both Jen and I liked it quite a bit. Um, if you watch my final thoughts, you'll hear my only complaints are with a, a handful of very simple to implement, um, you know, house rules, uh, homebrew variants. You could make this game fantastic. As a two player experience. But with the rules as written, the two player game suffers a little bit. Uh, you know, there's not as much tension as there should be. Um, you know, th- things are a little bit easier to do. And, um, you know, I have actually gotten to play this at, a, at the full four player count and I liked it so much more. And honestly, I believe, I, 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 if you actually go to the comments of my final thoughts video, well, the uh, designer of the game said, you know what, you have some really interesting ideas because he enjoyed seeing my final thoughts about how to two player. And so I, you know, and I don't know, maybe those things will change and maybe Neko Harbor will raise. I mean, because if I were ranking this as a four player game, this would have been in my top five of the month. It's that good. This is one of the coolest engine building games I've played in quite a while because of the whole double engine um, use thing. But as a two-player game, it just needed a few very simple tweaks to really reach its full potential. So that's why I'm rating it on the rules as written, so it comes in at number 16, Neko Harbor. Then we move on to number 15, Monasterium, which is a game that I have wanted to play for several years now. It came out, I think in 2020, maybe 2019, from publisher DLP Games, you know, the uh, the publisher of uh, Orléans, and, and quite a few other really big hit games. And I've always thought the idea of this game sounded so very, very cool. It is a dice-drafting game. but And there's a lot of dice-drafting games out there, and dice-drafting is maybe my favorite mechanism of all time. So, of course, I really wanted to try it. What makes this different from all the other dice-drafting games out on the market is the fact that, in most dice-drafting games, you get a big old pool of dice, you roll them, and then players take turns grabbing whatever dice works best for them to achieve whatever their goal are. Whether you're talking, you know, Pulsar, um, you know, 2849, or Trois, or whatever it is. The twist with Monasterium is... You get this big pool of dice, um, but you get you divide it amongst all the players. Everybody rolls their own little pool, and um, then starts adding dice to the central pool. And everybody's kind of almost going through sort of a Yahtzee-ish style gameplay mechanism. Because, you know, I roll all my dice. I've got to add some dice to the pool that we will all then have access to. And I look over at your board, and I can see that you have upgraded to your board so that every three that you can draft is super powerful. And I just rolled a bunch of threes. I don't want to give you all those 3s, so am I going to put this 6 over here instead? And so, players are communally creating a drafting pool that then we will all have access to. And this adds such an interesting layer on top of traditional dice drafting that I absolutely loved it. Really, really cool. Now, it comes in at the lower end for pretty much the same reason as the other games I was talking about. There's a handful of things that could have been done to tighten up the two-player game. And um, if that had been done, I think it would have rated quite a bit higher. This is definitely a game that I would love to play at higher player counts. And the thing is, even though it's on the lower end of my um, list, I think we're going to keep this one. I think this is going to stay on the shelf for a while anyway, because I definitely, definitely, definitely want to spend more time with the absolutely lovely number 15... Monasterium. Okay, then we move on to number 14, another game I played at Dice Tower West, Chai... Tea for two. And now I was playing a prototype. Uh, as I understand it, this was a Kickstarter, pretty successful on Kickstarter. It's taken a while, but they are finally this year, um, you know, starting to get it or get close to getting it shipped out to backers on the Kickstarter. So I played a prototype and all I can say is, folks, believe me, it will be worth the wait. This is a two player only game all about, um, harvesting and then processing tea leaves to fulfill contracts Chai tea leaves, I suppose, to fulfill contracts and um, score lots of points. Kind of typical Eurofair. So what makes this game different is um, it's a card game at heart. And as you're playing, you are drafting cards from the center of the table, and depending on what type of card it is, you are... um, a Surrounding your board with them, putting some on the left side of your board, some on the right side of the board, some on the top, some on the bottom, and those are upgrading your production chain. Um, because when you get new tea, which is another thing you can draft, I should say. Oh, by the way, a dice, a, a cards are just one of the things you can draft. You can you're spending dice as worker placement to draft all kinds of things. One of the things you're drafting is tea that um you know comes in at the bottom of your board and then it will slowly work its way up your board, going through oxidation process processes, and switching from one type of tea to another, all kinds of stuff, to where it will ultimately get to your waiting contract cards that you've installed at the top of the board. The tricky thing is, the cards you put on the side of your board, these upgrade the stages of development. So, this is kind of a goods, um, a harvesting goods production engine building game, where uh, there's this kind of uh, you know board component where the places you put your engine pieces directly affect how effective they're going to be, because you're trying to create combo chains on the left side, so that Hey, when I put, uh, you know, uh, uh... Uh, oh, I can't think of the names of the tea. A black T down in the bottom right corner, and it starts working its way up. I want to hit this module and this module, and then I want to switch over to the other side and hit the other module. So you can have like this really cool one, two, three thing that can um you know multiply the output, all kinds of fun stuff. It was a very cool puzzly uh little engine builder, and um I I played the advanced version. The the base version comes with simpler rules where the production is a little bit simpler, a bit more straightforward. But um I played the advanced a few times during the convention, and I kind of fell in love with it. And I really want to get a copy of this now and play it with Jen, because she is an avid tea drinker. She is an avid Euro um, goods conversion engine builder. And this game just ticks all our boxes. Number 14, um, Chai. Tea for two. Okay. But we're not done yet. Let's move on to number 13, Jack. Jack. Now, this was a paid Kickstarter preview, I should say, and um, Jack is a—it's uh, actually an acronym. J A Q stands for Journey Adventure Quest. Those are the three types of cards that are available to you in this competitive um, fantasy action-adventure card game and what's interesting about the game is uh, it's, it's it's kind of got a, you know, a fairly straightforward card draft but the interesting thing is as you collect more and more cards these cards become upgrades for your existing weapons and armor and spells you can do and I mean you can see in the picture if, if you're looking at the screen how the cards just stack and um, the more cards you put on a given weapon or your helmet or whatever the more interesting additional attributes that item gets um, you know, some of them good, some of them bad. I mean, there, you could actually get cursed items that will make your, your sword weaker or something like that. But that's okay because you want it because it'll also give you a lot of money and you need that money to pay for the other stuff you need. So throughout the game, it is a very satisfying, um, set collection game at its art. because you're trying to get all these different types of cards to mix and match together. And while you're doing it, you are leveling up all of your different elements of yourself. And at the center of the board, while all this is going on, there is a big boss monster. And everything we're doing is getting ready to fight the boss monster. And the boss monster levels up the same way. As you go through three days, of the first, second, and third day, the first boss monster you fight, um, it's... Uh, attributes stick around when you fight the second boss monster. So while you're getting progressively stronger, the bad guys are getting stronger too. And it has a really good flow, a nice, simple, clean, elegant um, card drafting game um, with very, very satisfying set collection. uh, Just a really great presentation. Now, I'm actually going to be doing a run-through for this, but it's not going to be for several months. I played this really, really early. And uh, I'm glad I did, because Jen and I very much enjoyed it. Number 13 of the month. Jack or Journey Adventure Quest. Okay, then we move on to number 12. Oh my goods Escape to Canyon Brook. And um I've taught I've done a few videos about Oh My Goods or Royal Goods as it's officially called. Um or it's It was originally published in German, and it was called Royal Goods. It was picked up for wider distribution, and then it was changed to Oh My Goods. I prefer Royal Goods, but Oh My Goods is fine. Um, but it's a fun little engine-building game um, that uh, mixes the engine-building part. Oh, I'm trying to invest in all these different uh, elements that allow me to um, um, uh, you know, produce coal, produce uh, linen, produce... Uh, dairy and um, the game is all about trying to get multiple uh, cards in play that will create production chains, so that when I run the colery and it generates coal, I'll be able to immediately pump that coal into a different production building that consumes it. And so it's all about creating it's and and uh, uh, but the trick is every round you don't know if you're going to get all the fuel that you need to run all the different elements of your production chains. And so there's a push your luck element where. You you can kind of take... I don't want to take chances. I I think I'm going to try to produce less this turn because I don't think the market is going to give me everything I need, or I can risk everything and maybe it blows up in my face and I get nothing. So the core game has always been great. But what I've really loved about Oh My Goods is uh, um, Escape to Canyon Brook is the second expansion. The first one was Revolt in Longsdale, and Escape to Canyon Brook is the second in a series that tells a narrative story. Uh, Oh My Goods is from designer Alexander Fisher, one of my favorite uh, designers of all time, and one of the things I love most that he does does is uh, in a lot of his games, he comes up with narrative little miniature campaigns you can play through. Rather than having an expansion that says, Look, here's all the new stuff, just throw it in, he, uh, you can do that if you want, that's an option, or instead, you can play through a multi chapter story that slowly introduces all the new things to the game you already love and introduces new characters that then become playable cards and all kinds of stuff. And Escape to Canyon Brook is the second in a series of storytelling, and I still absolutely adore it. I've been wanting to play it forever. I finally um, took the chance to do it because there's another thing both of the expansions do for All My Goods. They added solo mode. And I had never tried it. I finally sat down to do it, and it's great. I played through the first chapter, and got my butt kicked. And then I played through it a second time, and I got my butt kicked. Um, but I feel like... Uh, I, could, I think I've got it now, and I could probably move on. There's one thing you have to know. If you're interested in Oh My Goods as a solo game, these expansions, uh, Revolt of Longsdale and Escape to Candybrook, really bring the goods. It's fantastic. The only problem is, oh my god, they're hard! Jeez Louise, they're super monstrously hard, and there's nothing in the rules to be able to adjust the difficulty level. And that's kind of a cardinal sin for a co-op game, not to let players adjust the difficulty to ensure they're having fun. And so if I were rating this only as a solo experience, as good as it was, it was kind of frustrating as well. I probably wouldn't have come in as high at number 12. Um, but... It's a great... it's just great to see the story continue. Uh, Revolt at Longsdale literally ended with a cliffhanger. And so the story continues um, with Escape to Canyon Brook, and I was happy to get to spend some time with it. Number 12. Oh my goodness, Escape to Canyon Brook. Okay, then let's move on to number 11, a very, very mega-popular game, Fantasy Realms. Oh my gosh! This is um, such a well-loved uh, competitive card game, uh, all about set collection, and um, I totally understand having played. I played this a bunch of times. I actually got to play it with Shay uh, and uh, Ruel. Ruel, did I play with him as well? No, I, I played Oak with him. I think, or maybe I played- Anyway, I-, I played it um, with um, Amy of Thinker Themer. I-, I got to play this with a bunch of people. Jeff from Dice Star West. I. I didn't want to return it to the uh, Dice Tower West library. I was having so much fun with it, and I can totally see why. Um, there is a, a game I did a run-through for a few months ago, Red Rising from Stonemaier Games, and, and, it, and they say right in the rulebook that I love Fantasy Realms so much, I wanted to make a heavier, richer, more complex version of Fantasy Realms, because Fantasy Realms is a very lightweight, kind of gateway-style game. And when I covered Red Rising. And I thought, oh my god, this is amazing. I love it to pieces. A lot of people said, yeah, but you should really play Fantasy Realms more, because it's cleaner, it's simpler, it's more elegant. All that is true. Is I mean, this is an addictive game. You play it, you're done in 10-15 minutes, you want to play it again immediately, and all it takes is shuffling up the deck and dealing out cards. It's just fast, and everybody's engaged right to the end. The reason is because it's, the rules are simple. On your turn, draw a card and then discard a card. You keep doing that until the game is over, and then the card, the hand of cards you have at the end is how you score your points. And the trick is, every time you have to discard a card, you're potentially putting something on the table that other players could take that will be the game winner for them. And so you have a lot of attention. Almost kind of lost cities, Reiner Kenichi attention. And it just works beautifully, brilliantly. Personally, I still prefer Red Rising, even though I've now spent a lot of time. And by the way, don't be fooled. The the box for Fantasy Realms lies. It says it's a three- to seven-player game, if I recall. Anyway, but the important thing is, this game has awesome two-player rules in the rulebook. I played this as a two-player game, and it's fantastic! This is a great two-player game. I highly recommend it. Like I said, I still prefer... Red Rising, but I really like this one a lot too. Number eleven at the show, Fantasy Realms. Okay, I'm going to take a break. My throat is on freaking fire. Oh my gosh. Ah, uh, oh, let's see. And uh, you know, normally I just muscle through it, but I don't have to. I can pause. Mm. All right. So let's see. How is everybody? Doing. Um let's see here. Uh I I I somebody did a sticker earlier. I'm not quite sure what it was for. Um oh, um uh oh applauded me. Oh uh, um Lothos, 89.55. What were you applauding for? I mean, thank you. I, I will happily take the applause. Um but, uh, yeah, I, I, I feel like I missed something that was going on. Oh, yeah, you folks have been chatting for a bit, haven't you? Um, West Lloyd, out enthusiasm Rado. Oh, my gosh. Um, I was just watching Kim's... Um, the, her next run-through is probably going to be for Final Girl. I just watched her first take of it last night, and, jeez, that woman is so effortlessly entertaining. Um just, I mean, she's so, I was so enraptured in the story she was telling. Even though Final Girl is a really simple game, you know, I was you know, when, when you got to the end and, and she, uh, I, I don't know if she's, it's going to be her final, she kind of ends with a cliffhanger. I'm like, ah! Don't stop there! I kind of got treated, I mean, I often, in my um, videos on cliffhangers too, and now I kind of got a taste of my own medicine. Oh my gosh, she is so great. Um, you know, she will replace us all eventually. And uh, She's actually an English professor, and she's on spring break right now. So right now, she has the time to be able to do a bunch of videos. She might slow down in the future when classes start again. But, oh, wow, I am so happy to have her on the team. Mm. Okay, let's see here. Anything else going on? Doesn't look like there are any big events that happened. Um, So, I think, what was that? I was at number 11. So now I'm moving on to number 10. Oh, okay. Okay. Let's see. You know what? I'm not going to be able to gain. I'm just, let's just finish this. Mm. Cheers. Uh, cheers to you, um, Dinoga. Uh, cheers indeed. Clink. I agree. Mm. righty. <laughs> it's water. I promise it's water. Actually, the tricky thing is, if you've been watching... I normally have this, uh, a bigger, like, water jug. You click, you you know, as a... That's why I always say sip sip because I'm always sipping stuff with a little built-in straw. I, I lent that to my mom the other day because her new dog, Maggie, has a tendency to knock over her soft drinks. She loves a Cherry Coke. She loves a colorful Mountain Dew, and she'll just fill up a glass with ice and put it there. And then she goes to the bathroom and Maggie gets up and drinks it and knocks all over. It's happened dozens of freaking times. And I keep saying, Mom, it's okay. You can just get one of these things that Maggie can't get into. And she's like, I don't know. I like my ways. And so I've given her that so she can try it out. And of course, the first thing that happened was, I wasn't there for this, but I heard the report. uh, You know, she, she was using it she went to the bathroom, Maggie knocked it over, she came back out, she went to push the button to make the straw come up, and because it had knocked over, it was a fizzy drink and it shook up and she got a geyser of cherry coke that would have made a bigger mess than probably what Maggie would have made. And so I had to mom, here's how you twist it open. You got to do that. And so we'll see how that goes. But um, you'll know it didn't work if the, uh, the next r if my regular bottle comes back because Jen just, or mom just wanted to stick with... stick. I mean, she, yeah, she's almost 75. Um, sometimes it's hard to teach an old lady new tricks, uh, but she's trying. She's trying. Oh, okay. Let's see here. So I'm now out of water. I got 10 more to go. Let's see here. And what else is going on? Am I forgetting anything else? No, I don't think so. So let's get back to it. Go back to the browser view. Okay. Tervis makes a great sealable cup, says Bing. Oh, I need to look into that, obviously. Okay. Um, And I will definitely make a note of that when I, tonight, when I go back and I search through all the chat and see if there, whatever I might have missed and and so so forth. Okay. So, right. We just did 11. fancy Realms, so we're on to number 10 through Ice and Snow. Spoiler alert. It's through Ice and Snow. It's number 10. All righty. So, and folks, let's move on to number 10 on the list, Through Ice and Snow. Now, this is a another uh, Kickstarter preview for a game that's going to be going live very, very soon in April, and Jen and I both had a blast. This is a very compelling. And maybe one of the most thematically grounded Euros I have played in quite a while. This really brings its subject matter to life um, in a way that few games can match. It is about charting the Northwest Passage, and the interesting thing of this game, it's competitive from a gameplay point of view, is even though we're all trying to get the most glory uh, by, you know, making the most discoveries, um, you know setting up infrastructure for future expeditions, there's all kinds of things we can do, we are all part of the same expedition. So every choice I make affects everybody else around the table. Um, you know, we take turns deciding which path is the expedition going to follow. Um, we uh do a lot of worker placement. And the worker placement in the game is very, very interesting because you have three workers that you always have. Um, you know, your captain, your crafts person, your, or your, your carpenter and your scientist. Those are your officers. And then you have enlisted crew. And if you don't take care of those enlisted crew, they will starve and die, or they will mutiny, or they will get scurvy. All kinds of things can happen. But the important thing is you can supplement your crew based on what you do over the course of the game by um, befriending and working with the native peoples of the land, the Inuit tribes that are available. And, um, let me just say, folks. I have never seen a publisher do a better job at um, involving the people who they are making a game about. The uh, I was talking to the developers of Red Tomatoes. They have worked. They're working with Canadian National Museum. They are working with tribal elders of the Inuit tribes that still live in these areas. Uh, They are paying for the consultation from the folks, and this is, I think, by far the biggest shining star for how board games can be at once more inclusive inclusive and more rich and deep when you spend the time to actually do a little bit more research than just checking out a Wikipedia article about your subject matter. And I'm absolutely blown away by it. Now, all that aside, it's a very, very compelling um, game, too. Uh, and it's very tense, because not everybody will make it to the end. You will have mutinies. You will have starvation. You will be constantly um, facing the threat of running out of resources and um, having to deal with decisions your fellow expedition members make that can make things even harder for you to try to get out of the hole you find yourself in. And it's a beautiful game, and it is a tension-filled game, and it's an incredibly thematic game. And I'm really impressed by number 10, uh, Through Ice and Snow. Then we move on to number nine, another game from the convention, Dice Miners. And now, this one, I have to say a big thank you to uh, my you know, co host on the RR show, Royal Gaviola. He brought his own personal copy to the convention and he carried it with him everywhere. And if you um, ever ran into him and said, Oh, I really, boy, someday I'd like to play a game with you, he'll say, Okay, let's just grab a table right now and play Dice Miners. He must have played, I don't know how many times. I played it with him two or three times back to back. And I fell in love with it. I really, really dig this dice drafting game, um, where we are all dwarves trying to, um, you know, be very successful. Um, you know, dig deeper to protect our minds from dragons and uh, do all kinds of typical dwarvy stuff, find treasure, and it all works off of a very, very cool draft mountain, where you have a stack of dice. And you can only take dice from the top. And as you do that, you reveal dice below that your opponents will be able to grab. Think of the um, card drafting in Seven Wonders Duel. Right? Where you've got that pyramid and the more things you take, the more you reveal for your opponents. You're like, I don't want to reveal that for you. But the beautiful thing about this game is dwarves love beer. And the use of beer, um, if you get beer dice, well, not only do you share it with your opponents, which is a cool idea in itself, but it lets you dig deeper into the mountain, so you don't have to be stuck with what's on the top. And you can pull off some very, very cool um, and surprising combo moves as well. Plus, everybody has you know, their own unique special power, depending on which dwarf they are. Yeah, I mean, this game is... I can totally see why it has been such a phenomenon, and so many people are talking about it. Man, I really want to get a copy of myself and do a full run-through. But, I um, mean, you know, I'd love to play it with Jen, too, because I think she'd love it also. And, um, yeah, I, m- I pretty much played it at a higher player count. I would definitely like to play it as a two-player game, too to see how well it holds up. But um, you know viewed as a, a fast, super duper filler, Fun, fun, fun game. I mean, the fun is just off the charts with this one. It comes in at number nine dice miners. But we are not done yet, folks. Let's move on to number 8, the Paradox Initiative, which is another uh, Kickstarter preview, a paid Kickstarter preview that will be coming in April. Uh, Jen I played this month. And actually, I should say, Jen and I played this years ago, over half a decade ago. Paradox came out, and I at the time thought it was an absolutely brilliant, um, what would you call it, uh, uh, bejeweled uh, style game. Because the main portion of the game is you've got what's called the paradox matrix, full of paradox particles. And every turn, you are going to be able to flip um one or, b- or two or three, depending on the situation you're in, of these little particles and try to create complete rows and columns of matching colors. And if you can do that, you can collect those particles and use them um, to act as resources to be able to score cards. And um, the other half of the game is this uh, card draft, where cards come and go fast. This is not one of those drafting games where... You know how sometimes the drafting games... Man, will this market ever clear out? I'm so sick of looking at this card. Nobody wants it. In this game, there are six, seven, eight, or 9 cards every round that just disappear. You are burning through these cards super fast because they're only available through an unstable wormhole in space. So if you see a card you want to grab because it's part of a really strong set collection you're going for, you better grab it quick. So the tension for drafting is high, high, high. But then, once you've got the card, you, depending on whether it is a card where you are studying the past, the present, or the future, because this is a game all about using Paradox Particles to manipulate the time stream, um, you have more or less time to gather the resources out of your matrix to be able to score the cards. And if you don't score them in time, you end up losing those cards anyway. So you are under an incredible amount of tension, both in the draft and in the fulfillment. And all of it is driven by a very fun, satisfying little bejeweled like um, puzzle that exists in parallel to the game. And so, really liked it a lot. Liked it a lot half a decade ago? Like it even better now. There's additional things like switches that have been introduced, special powers that weren't in the original game. Really impressive. Um, But what's maybe even more impressive is the lineup of artists they've got working on this game. Um, I would imagine anybody who loves board games and has a list of their five favorite artists, chances are at least one of your five favorite artists worked on this game. There has never been an accumulation of top-tier cream-of-the-crop artists working all on one game that I've ever seen. And this game was a joy to play, but it's also a joy to look at. And that's what brings it in at number 8, the Paradox Initiative. But we are not done yet, folks. Let's move on to number 7, Decorum. I said it would be back, and it is back. Uh, I agree with everything Shay said. This game is a delight. I'm planning on trying to do a run through on it in April, so you can see firsthand. Um, but this, it, why I love it, is because it is a cooperative game of imperfect communication. That's one of my favorite things, where we're all working towards a common goal, but we can't just say, "Oh, this is what I need." If you could, all, so we have to try to in in um intuit from what we see our teammates do. Oh, I see. Maybe you need this, and then I do an experiment. Oh. No, you hated that too? All right. Well, man, I don't know what to do. But meanwhile, I'm trying to figure out what you've got going on. I'm trying to figure out what I need as well. And um, it's very thematic because it's all about housemates, um, you know, trying to decorate a house, fulfilling everybody's needs. And it's very satisfying when you pull off the win. And, um, but the rules are so clean and simple. It's so fast playing. And uh, yeah, the first time Jen and I played this, I was, it was literally just a few days ago because I was getting ready for the uh, r r show, and, and this was going to be on the table. I had already played it at Dice Tower West with some strangers, and it was amazing. What Shay said about the role-playing, even though I didn't know these people, we just instantly fell into... Like, we'd been roommates forever. Uh, this game just kind of brought us together in this uh, communal story that was being told. We absolutely loved it. And so I wanted to play it with Jen, finally played it. I only had a few hours before the r r show went live, and I said, Honey, can we play this a little... Just play one quick game. It's like a 15-20 minute game. And uh, we sat and played back-to-back three games of it. Boom! boom, boom, boom. And Jim would have kept going. He's like, I have to stop playing this now. I have to go live in an hour. Well, I don't have time for this anymore. So we both think it's really, really clever. And the longer you play, the more cool stuff you unlock as well. Um, because it's it's not a... Um, oh, what would you call it? It's a, not a competitive game, or, a, or a, a, a legacy game, but it is a game that does have a storyline that will work its way through a lot of stuff. And um, you'll unlock more and more as you go. And I absolutely adore it. I like the presentation. I like the story that is told. I like the unlocks. And if you're worried that, hey, but are there only a finite number of things you get to do before you've used up all the stuff, the developers are working on digital apps that will make randomly generated missions so you will have infinite replayability with the game, which is also very, very nice. And uh, I have uh, nothing but the highest praise for this game, number eight, or seven, number seven, Decorum. Okay, then let's move on to number six, another paid Kickstarter preview. It is Oak. And this is such a pretty game. This one I got to play with Ruel at Die Star West, and then um, when I got back home, I played it with Jen. So I played it at a high player count, I played it at a low player count. It just works great. And um, the coolest thing about this worker placement game has to be the workers themselves because you get to customize them as they level up. You can, you know, put clothes on them, um, and uh, that changes what their powers are. When you send them out into the world, all these druids that are going into the area around the Mystic Tree so that you can gather the resources you need to be at one with nature, and um, you'll build sacred sites and all kinds of fun stuff like that. So I will not deny that the toy factor of this game is wonderful. It's just It just feels good taking these regular, already neat-looking druid meeples you've got, but then adorning them with satchels and stuff is a lot of fun. But that's beside the point. The game is also a very fun worker placement game as well with a lot of really cool ideas as, um, because every worker, um, either uh, is available to us so that we can, you know, on our main board, so we can send them out. That means they're active or they're passive. They're hanging out under the tree. And a lot of times to be able to do an action, you know, like harvest some resource or you know, make some kind of artifact or whatever, if if that space is blocked, I can still go there, even if your worker blocks, but I have to take some of my other workers and basically retire them to be under the tree. So things get very expensive very, very quickly. But there are actions I can take to take all these retired druids under the tree and bring them back into my so I can actually use them as workers. But I need them under the tree, because those ones who are semi-retired, or you know at least not active, they're passive, they have functions too. Because I can have them go climb the tree, which triggers um, in-game progression and gives all kinds of passive income benefits. I can have them go um, pick um, resources from the forest. And that's the main way to get them, is to have these workers not available to you, so that when you pass at the end of the round, while everybody else is still working with their active workers, my passive workers start going out and automatically generating resources, harvesting resources, finding them in the forest so that I'll be set up for the next round. I mean, that's a great idea that you very rarely see in games, the idea of, hey, the sooner I pass, the more passive automatic income I get. And it makes everybody else terrified. I've got to pass because you're getting all the good stuff and you're not leaving anything for me. And then... Everything all everything I just described is driven by a very cool hand management card game. Because you can't just send the workers where you want. You've got a hand of cards that says where you can send them. And when you send them to different places, the card also says, well, these are the actions they could do in this space. And you will get access to better cards over the course of the game. Um, and depending on how you build up your hand, uh, you can get stronger and stronger. And then there's, there's so many cool ideas. I love the way artifacts work. I love the way potions work. And I love the way housing works. If you want more workers, you have to build housing for them. Them. There's a lot of really cool, very wonderfully implemented ideas. This is definitely a worker placement game that has a lot of additional layers. It goes far above and beyond what you normally see. And Jen and I really dug it. It's uh, number six on the list, Oak. Then we've got number five, Welcome to the Moon. And um, this is another one that I got to play at Dice Tower West. So I was just showing a picture. And uh, you know, if you if you're all familiar with Welcome Tool. Welcome 2, which is a flip and ride style game where every round there's a set of cards that um are basically lead you to entwined drafting. I can take a card with a number and an icon, or a different pair of number icon, or a different number pair icon. The original Welcome 2 was basically set in French suburbia, as we're trying to build out a model suburb home. The core gameplay is still available in Welcome 2, but now we are traveling to the stars to save humanity. And the game comes with I don't know how many different missions but each mission has its own completely unique roll-and-write or flip-and-write style board that everyone's playing on. The first one we played, because I played with a group of people, and we all thought, yeah, this is nice. If you like Welcome 2, this is kind of a nice variation. But when we played the second one, which completely obliterated how we understood the Welcome 2 system and made us think about it in a completely new and different way, we were all flabbergasted and could not wait to keep playing this to see how else are they going to completely reinvent the Wheel. Welcome to is already brilliant. I have Welcome to, but I now have Welcome to the Moon, and I don't think I'm going to keep holding on to Welcome to, because Welcome to the Moon offers so much more. Plus, I'll be honest, I really love the the spacefaring theme and all that. It's absolutely phenomenal, and I must try all the other missions, and I cannot wait to play it with Jen, uh, because I know she already loves Welcome to. and oh man, her mind is going to be... I, I just can't wait to watch her mind be blown the way mine was when we get to that second mission. If you do, folks, I do have to warn you though, if you do pick up Welcome to the Moon, the first mission has some really, horrifically, some of the most poorly written rules... I've ever seen, specifically related to the first mission. They make it almost impossible to understand how to correctly play the first mission. So if you get this game, either skip the first mission, or go download the FAQ from the publisher. Uh, Because then then you'll know how to actually play the first mission. But oh my god, once you get to that second mission, it's gloves off. I've never seen anything quite like it. It's absolutely amazing. Welcome to the moon. Okay. Whoa, we're we're in the final stretch now, folks. Let's move on to uh, number four... Wind the Film, another game from Dice Tower West. And I have to give a huge shout-out to Jin, a fan of the show and a friend of Ruel Gaviola, and I assume a fan of Ruel's also, who brought two copies of the game. And he wanted to play this with me, because I, I totally missed this game. It was uh, uh, It's an older card game um, from Sashi and Sashi. And I really like their quirky, offbeat uh, designs. But somehow I just missed this one at the time. And um, he brought it because he thought I'd like it. And he was right. I mean, you know, we were halfway through our first game. We actually... I played two games with him and his girlfriend. Uh, and at the, halfway through the game, I was like, oh my god, I must get this game. This is absolutely incredible. And he said, I got you covered. Like I said, he brought two copies... He brought one to play with me, and then he brought one to give as a gift. So I brought it home, and thank you so much, Jen. Um, Jen and I—we actually, this is a picture of, of us playing it in our hotel room. Um, you know, the next morning, when normally Jen has no time to play games. So I said, "Honey, you're gonna love this," and she did love it. I guess I should say, why do we love it so much? This game is a uh, a uh, straight building card game where you have to like build straights of you know, like four, five, six, seven, one, two, three, four, that kind of thing, and you're trying to grab cards in a very cool and very original draft where you um, don't always know what cards you're going to get, because some of them are face down. You just know what range of number they have. So the draft is already really cool. But the most important thing about this game is your hand. This has the bonanza effect of not being able to rearrange the cards in your hand. So the cards go in on one side, they come out on the other, and everything is about trying to manipulate that so you can play the correct cards in the correct order, so you can get those high-scoring straights. It's an incredibly clever game, incredibly tension-filled. I absolutely adore it. I will never get rid of it. Again, I just cannot say thank you to Jen enough. He was so right. It's my number four of the month. Wind the film. Okay. And now if we move on to number... I don't understand. Uh, Folks, I have to stop for a second. Um, Right. What did I just say? Okay. I have to put a note... What did I say? If we move on to number, all right. So I need to write that down because I don't want to forget what I said. Because I now I stopped in the middle of a sentence. That was dumb. We move on to number ellipse dot dot dot. Uh, my number three. I remember I said so far one. This is working great. I've had no technical problems with the uh, with having a million um, tabs open. I was really afraid it would just kill my computer, but it seems to be working great. Here's the problem. I don't have a tab open for number three. I. I screwed up and I'm like, ah, what am I going to do? So I quickly have to fix that. And by the way, what the heck happened? Why did the fight music start playing? Does anybody have any idea? That totally freaked me out. I'm sure um, you know, people will say, wow, Ronaldo really got flummoxed there for a second. It was like, oh, two people were dueling. <laughs> Oh, man. Halfway through the fight, I was like, okay, I can't focus, and I literally muted it. I thought there was just some bug. I totally forgot that I had set it up so it plays the music while people mute. I have unmuted it, so people, feel free to duel totally feel free to duel. I will just suck it up. And, um, you know, I, instead of muting it, I could have just gone, I just thought it was a broken and it was never going to stop. And I'm like, Oh no, the audience must be going nuts. I got to kill, kill this. So don't worry in the future. If I hear random fight music in the middle of a thing and it's freaking me out, I will just adjust my own local volume rather than mute the whole thing. Cause I thought it was a bug. <laughs> That is awesome. Uh, who won the duel? I suppose is the uh, the important thing. And, oh no no! Don't apologize, people. get that's awesome. If I'd known that's what was happening, it would have made me so happy. Um, like I said, I was just nervous because I thought it was a bug. Because um, I mean, because I, I I looked in the corner of my eye and saw oh, there's no plane. Everybody's not fighting. Oh, it must be a bug. Okay, do I just leave this alone? I mean, I can probably get through it, but oh, it's probably really annoying for everybody. Okay, I'll just kill the sound. But. Oh, and so I denied you your your victory music. I apologize. It won't happen again. Um, I, 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 yeah, I, I, Forrest. I imagine I could have seen the uh, the the duel too. But I mean, you have to understand. I am looking. Um, it, at, at, at the at scene in a tiny little window that's about the size of an iPhone 4 screen. So you are all just super tiny little ants walking around. And you know, probably the duel was happening behind whatever words were on screen. So, I mean, to me, it just looked... I mean, I, I, I just couldn't see it at all. But no, that's awesome. By all means, duel away. Now that I know that that could be what it is, it will not faze me at all. I'll just smile inside and I'll look forward to seeing who won afterwards. Okay. But anyway, I've still got to get my... Why do I not have a third... All right, entry. How did this happen? That's ridiculous. But I will fix it now. I will get it queued up. All right. It's uh, it's founders of Teotihuacan, by the way. All right. Which just went live this morning. So let's go on ahead and get that queued up. All right. I, I, I could have sworn... I mean, I, I know I'm really goof-prone, in general. I'm sure people have noticed that in my videos. But I am generally pretty good on just rote... Okay, get all your ducks in a row. I'm, I'm an incredible data entry guy. I used to do that in college, um, working for Aldous uh, back in the day. But anyway, okay, so it's queued up. I've got my number three. And let's see, is my number two and my number one there? Yes, they're there. All right. So, okay. You can go away. You are queued up. Um, right. Line the film is no longer the thing. Uh boy, I am so thirsty. Here's the problem with this. This is about half as much water as I'm used to having. So I am thirsty. Tell you what, folks, I'm just going to go fill that water bottle up really quick. I'll put you on hold. I'll be right back. I promise, promise. Uh, Time me. I should be less than 30 seconds. And starting now. Did I make it? I should—I could have counted in my head, but it didn't occur to me to. All right. Okay. Um, oh, it looks like some people are wanting to duel. All righty. And there is money involved. You have to actually... And, and the other person, I believe, has to accept the duel. And the other person has to have enough money to actually uh, pony up. Oh. What an odd one we've had today, huh, folks? Well, we're almost done. Okay, I will let you uh, get back to your dueling... And there you go. Okay, hold on a second. Let's go on ahead then. And um, let's see. Oh, shoot. Uh, why, ah! Save. All right. so don't want to uh, obscure. There we go. There we go. Yeah, let's go for it. I have to make the screen bigger so I can see what's actually happening. Who is it? Oh, it's a battle of giants. Wait, no, Goblin isn't in embiggened. Normally you are. So it's a David and Goliath situation with a critical from Goblin and a miss from the Goliath from Duck of Death, but Duck of Death dodges. This is so cool! I love how everybody just gets out of the way. It is too bad that if you do it, that you know me having that text on screen. Oh, and then just cut you, cut you down. It's a shame because I guess it, they always probably try to arrange themselves in the center of the screen, right where I've got the text saying what game I'm talking about. So that's kind of unfortunate. But good job. Um, Woohoo! indeed, Duck of Death. You have truly lived up to your namesake today. Um, uh-oh. Are we having more now? Is this... Do I just need to sit here and let you folks... Um, let's see. Wessaloy just tried to duel... It looks like... Uh, uh, you know what? I bet you it probably does have a cooldown. There's cooldowns for everything on this system, so that's probably what it is. Although it's a shame that it doesn't warn you about that. But anyway, i got to get back to work. You folks, you folks are going to be the death of me. All right, so... Let's see here. Um, all right. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. Have your fun. Uh, be home in time for dinner, kids. Let's see here. ba ba bump I cannot do it as well as uh, Jim Carrey did in The uh, Cable Guy. Um, of course. Oh, I see, Kabuki, you've gotten your star power back. I think um, I uh, when I was trying to find why the... Uh, what do you call it? The the avatars weren't dancing. Um, one of the things I said to do is clear your cache. And I think when I cleared the cache, it cleared the invisible leaderboard that says... Oh, Kabuki, cut down by Dinoga. Uh Who has the most... Who's collected the most stars and who's given out the most hugs? So you have to work... You have to earn the uh, stars. I don't know. Considering the fact that you always monopolize that thing, I might reset that every week, now that I know it's there, just to make you not be permanently superstardom. Since um, you are the best at the 45-second delay uh, that it requires to be able to successfully jump. Mm. Okay. Anyway, though. So uh, yeah. (laughs) It helps you find yourself. Is is that, I mean, uh, like a a deep spiritual thing you're saying? It helps you, uh, one with the universe? Well, tell you what, you don't have all the stars today. Everybody has stars. Stars for everybody. Everybody jump now. There we go. That'll keep you busy for a second. Except you're all stuck. Um, okay, there you go. And I'm Detray. Just subscribe. Thank you, I'm Detray. Um, I'm... I'm glad to hear the tray is in the house. It is good that we have the tray present. Oh, look at Kabuki using her slingshot uh, tricks to catch a whole bunch of them while the noobs are just uh, typing in exclamation point jump. Of course she knows all the tricks. She's never going to lose those stars ever again. Uh, But anyway, okay. I need to get back to it, Pruitt. So, let me get back. All my stuff on screen, now that I've got number... Three, and it's a good thing I wrote down because I do not remember what I just said. I said, "Now we move on to numbers." Okay, and we're moving on to number three. So I have to say, "Oh, but first of all, I have to put the uh, other thing back on the screen that was on screen." So to people who watch this years from now, they'll never know. It'll be a perfect cut. They'll never know the the silly hijinks we all got up to behind the screen. Okay, wind the film. Um, this is number four. So we move on to number. So I just have to say three. Uh, okay. So let's get back to it. Back to the small window so I can't see what you're doing. Uh, so I can see all the other stuff I can keep track of. It's it's literally, I feel like I'm sitting down at a, a 747. There are so many menus. I've got 1, 2, three, uh, 4, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10 different elements I am keeping track of uh, while doing all of this. It's actually quite silly. All right. So we move on to number three. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> oh, got to go back to the browser view. Okay. Oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. But I need to have the other one up. Right. Because we need to still have that image. So, oh, I didn't think of that. All right. Can we reopen, close tab? But the re... Oh, but that's me trying to get to... All right. Was it this one? Okay. Was it... Was it... Oh, it was this one, wasn't it? It was this. And if I go back and I go back... Well, I get... To... There it is. All right. There it is. Wine film. Okay. So the picture will be the same. And I'll say... Right. Okay all caught up now i think so where's that right is it here yes it is Mm. this episode is brought to you by reese's peanut butter cups in breaking news leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Three founders of Teotihuacan, which, folks, I do not know what's going on here. First, um, oh wait, no. I was about to give a spoiler for something that's coming. Okay, uh, let me rewind that a little bit. Um, Folks... There's a trend that's happening. We've got Founders of Teotihuacan, uh, which is a sequel of sorts to Teotihuacan, which is certainly one of the cooler, um, you know, big, huge, epic Euro style board games that have come out over the last five years. Uh, it's set in the Mayan culture as you're doing this kind of dice rondelle thing. Uh, and it's a big, heavy game with a lot of moving parts. Here comes the sequel, Founders of Teotihuacan, which takes the same setting and some of the same ideas, most notably, building a pyramid at the center. But now everybody's got their own pyramid they're building, instead of building um, kind of a communal one on the main board. And the Dice Rondel worker placement thing has been replaced with um, worker placement tile drafting for polyomino Tetris pieces. So it's a very different game. Same setting, same kind of feel of the world, but such a hugely different game. And I love it! And here's the deal, folks. So the trend I just said is maybe starting. I love it better than the original. Teotihuacan is a brilliant game, made even better with some of its expansions. But if you put both of them down in front of me, I'd want to play Founders of Teotihuacan, Six Ways to Sunday. It is a wonderful tile-laying game. Very fast. Very deep. And what really makes it stand out from the huge... Over the last few years, we've gotten such a big um, cavalcade of... Polyomino tile laying style games and polyomino folks. Why I say that? I really mean like Tetris pieces, right? You know, those are polyominoes. What makes this different is the world, the the board I can place these on serves two functions. There's really three. There's where I place the tiles, and I'm trying to you know jigsaw puzzle them together to make most use of space. But when I put down good producing tiles, I surround them with all the goods they produce in the form of of uh, cubes for gold and lumber and stone. And so I have this tough thing. I want to get everything squeezed in real tight to get maximum use of space. But I need to keep everything really far away from each other, so I've got enough room for all the goods I need, which are what I spend to be able to build more stuff. And this is absolutely brilliant. I absolutely love it. It's this extra twist that takes this so far above and beyond. And it's, well, it's obviously my number three game of the month, and there have been an amazing cavalcade of games that I've played. But Founders of Teotihuacan, oh... I Like I said, I've already predisposed to... I mean, I I loved its predecessor, so I had a warmth for the game when we sat down. But then, when I saw how it actually worked... And also, not for nothing, when I saw how the worker placement worked, too. Because this game isn't content just to reinvent tile-laying Tetris pieces. It also reinvents worker placement. Because the worker placement spots... If I go to a spot, it's not blocked. Other players can go there. And what happens is, if I go there... If I'm the first to go there, I get to do a level 2 action. Because there's already a bonus tile. I do a really weak action, but I get the the benefit of the bonus tile that I placed my worker on. And then I do the main action. And now I've taken that bonus away. So other players can go there, but why would they want to go there if I've already gotten the bonus? Because when somebody else goes there and places their worker disc on top of mine, they use both of our discs. And so suddenly they get to do a higher level action. But then I could come along later and say, you know what? I'm going to put another worker on that same space, and now I'm going to use three of those workers. So you get this compounding action thing that is really cool. But it's also an area control thing, because once three people have visited a space, it's locked out. Nobody else can go. So you want to wait for other people to take those early steps so that you can get in and do the super move at the end, uh, unless somebody else beats you to it. But you also want to be the first player to take the step so you can get those really cool bonuses. It's neat. Very, very good. Highly recommended. Again, no surprise. It's my number three of the month. Founders of Teotihuacan. Okay, but then, let's move on to an even better game. Number two, The Isle of Cats Explore and Draw. And this is the other game that's in this new um, trend that I'm talking about, where the simpler, lighter, more streamlined sequel to a previously available big, ambitious game comes along and makes me fall in love with it so much that I'd rather play the sequel than the original. Isle of Cats is an incredible... An absolutely awesome um, polyomino Tetris tile game that's fused with card drafting, very very reminiscent of uh, uh, Bunny Kingdom uh, or you know Seven Wonders or uh, Sushi Go, and it works great. Um, you know, it was probably my highest or second highest ranked. Uh polyomino tile laying game of all time. It was so good. There was so deep and so rich, so much stuff going on. Although you could also turn a lot of those modules off and turn it into a very, very family friendly introductory game too. Very impressive design. But then Frank West, the designer, goes and revisits it and turns it into a roll and write. Or well, I guess a flip and write. Because uh there's a bunch of cards out. We're drafting the cards, doing entwined drafting, not dissimilar from Welcome 2, and uh, but still with the goal of filling up our ships full of cats. It Used to be, we actually had um, you know real cardboard tokens that represented the cats that we were trying to squeeze onto our ship. Now we actually write them with colored pens, and oh my gosh, Isle of Cats is amazing. Isle of Cats Explore and Draw is even better, uh, for a bunch of reasons. And actually, if you want to know why, you don't have to take my word for it. Go check out my run-through that I filmed with Ruel Gaviola, my co-host from the r show. We had a great time going up against each other, but also going up against you, because this is a bingo-style game. Um, every round, everybody gets access to the same stuff. So if you go to my run-through for Isle of Cats Explore and Draw check out the show notes. There will be a link you can follow that will let you print out a black and white version of the board. And then you can play along with us and see if you can beat our scores. And you will see for yourself why this has got to be. This might be the best polyomino tile layer there is on the market. At least until Unknown Planet comes out. Because, oh my gosh, that's good too. But anyway, that's in the future. Um, <laughs> you know, A little bonus game to mention on the uh, monthly roundup. Isle of Cats Explore and Draw is just the best. Uh, everything I loved about the original one, and most notably the incredibly intricate polyomino pieces. These are not simple Tetris pieces. These are not L's and S's and O's and... Um, what's the other one? Uh, straightaway, the line, um, I's, I guess. These are incredibly complex things that are, you know, that, that are almost as tough to get to fit together as a real thousand-piece jigsaw puzzle. So it's so much more satisfying to make all these things work and plug the holes that you end up creating um, and try to fill your ship with as many cats as you can to save them from encroaching pirates... Love it to pieces. My number two game of the month, and that's saying something, folks. Isle of Cats, Explore and Draw. And the reason it's saying something is because I said right up front, uh, right after Shay's bit, that we were not done talking about some of the games he talked about. I uh, talked a bit about decorum. It's time to talk about my number one game of the month, Arc Nova. Um, Yeah any other year, this could be my game of the year, quite frankly. And um, I, I don't know if it's my number two or my number three of the year. I will be doing, in April or May, a revisit of my top 10 of the year, 2021. Ark Nova's in the top three. And for all the reasons Shay talked about, you can just go back and watch what he said. I don't really want to repeat it. All I will say is, he says maybe it's better than Terraforming Mars? Uh-uh. No maybe about it. This thing, as far as I'm concerned, destroys Terraforming Mars because um, what he talked about, this brilliant system of action selection, which was borrowed from an older Civilization game. I think it was Civilization New Dawn, although it existed in a game even earlier than that. I have not played those, but it works so well here. And actually, it's interesting. when I played this with Shay at Dice Tower West. We sat down and played it. An epic two-player uh, between me and him. And uh, and he was talking about New Dawn and how he thought that this was better. This took the ideas from New Dawn and improved on them as well. And um, But anyway, it's so wonderful and satisfying. It's a big, epic beast of the game. And there's so many things I could talk about that I love about it. I think probably the most important thing for me, if I had to pick one thing, as much as it's about that action selection and how satisfying it is to build the habitats for the animals and the card combos and everything else, the thing I love more than anything else about the game is actually the story it tells. Because this is not just about building a zoo. There are two tracks that you are... Um, um there's actually three tracks you're um, monitoring your progress on but the two important ones for end of game and scoring are your income uh, you know, the uh, the attraction of your zoo get more cool exotic animals that will just bring people through the front door so you can make money but the reason you make money is not just to score points money's are not money is not points you can spend Funnel that money into conservancy projects. And a big portion of the game, and that's the second meter you track yourself on, is how much have you given back to these animals? How many animals have you released to the wild? How many um, scientific studies have you sponsored to ensure that the uh, animals who are in the wild will actually have a brighter future? And at the same time that you are making habitats that are really. Comfortable, so the animals can have um, fulfilling lives. Um, you know, and, and and you know, not not be shortchanged. Not like the zoos that I went to when I was a kid in the seventies, and it was just all the animals just put into concrete pits with some old used tires for them to play with. We are making beautiful spaces for these animals to have rich lives, and the money we make on them means we can actually save animals in the wild. That's the crux of this story. This is a science-led game. That it is all about the science of, of animal protection and animal rights that this game really puts first and foremost. That's where you get the majority of your points. Not making money. Money is just a means to an end, and the end is saving animals and making their lives better. And um, yeah, I could talk forever about how great the gameplay is and how smart the the action selection and the objective system is brilliant. Uh, When somebody uh, does an objective, you create objectives suddenly for everybody else. So many cool ideas. Now, the reason it isn't my number one game, and I already know it's not my number one game, is there are a couple of problems. Shay kind of brushed past them, but the game is long. There's no choice about it. The developers say, oh, we can play a four-player game in, in an hour and 90 minutes. Yeah, sure. I suppose once i played this game a hundred times, I might get that fast. But I, as we were playing it, I played this game several times at Dice Star Wars with a whole bunch of people. Mike Fitzgerald, one of the OG card game designers of the industry, uh, you know, baseball highlights, uh, Wyatt Earp, he walked by and said, oh, you're enjoying it. Yeah, we played a game the other night. It was our fastest yet. Uh, four players. We got it done in four hours. And I think that was a pretty common thing. For people I was playing with who were familiar with it. It's kind of, assume, an hour per player. And that is long. And that is hard. And the only thing keeping this game from the upper stratosphere for me is some kind of Terraforming Mars Prelude-esque expansion that lets you supercharge the game and get to um, the finish line faster. Um, when Jen and I got home and we played it, we were, I mean... Our first game took us over three hours. Now, that's because we were jet-lagged, and we were super tired, and we shouldn't have been playing it. But And we loved every second of it. Don't get me wrong. I would not begrudge them if they decided never to change it, because every second of this game is brilliant. I just want to be able to play it more. And the shorter it is, the more I can play it who knows? Maybe, like the previous two games, in a couple of years, we'll be getting Arc Nova, the sequel, that is a brilliant game that um, you know I love even more than the previous. But for now, I it, it is pretty close to heavy, crunchy, thematic Euro-perfection, my number one game of the month, and Shay's as well, Arc Nova. And that's it, folks. We are Dunsville! Hoorah! That was a whole bunch of games. And I am exhausted, but um, there's no rest for the weary, because it's uh, it's April. It's time for me to keep on making new games. And by the way, folks, I probably should have led with this, but I'll end with this instead. Uh, as of April of this year, 2022, it will be, I will have done 10 years of Rado Run-Through. It is my 10th anniversary. And if you're asking, well, what are you going to do? nothing. I'm really not that big on anniversaries. Ask me Sometimes, you ever meet me and Jen in real life? Or you ever meet Jen in real life? Ask her, what did we do for our 30th wedding anniversary? The answer will not impress you. Um, but I, I just wanted to mention that, I and I want to say thank you to everybody. I mean, as some of you watching this have probably been with me from day one, 10 years ago, when I picked up the camera and decided to shoot Helvetia, of all things, for some reason. There's been a lot of ups, a lot of downs, a lot of highs, a lot of lows. And... Uh, And I'm more excited now about the channel than ever before as new voices are showing up. As, um, you know, Kim is... Shay is fantastic. Ryan does the best rules run-throughs ever. Uh, Ruel, uh, it's the high point of my week, every week, to sit down and talk to Ruel about games for two hours. It's a lot of stress in the lead-up because of all this live streaming, but I just love hanging out with Ruel. And he's just such a warm, wonderful person and brings such a great perspective to games. I love having him on the channel. Uh, Kim, Professor Kim... Kimberly Tolson is absolutely amazing. You just wait in April. This is going to be her month. She is going to explode, and you're all going to um, just wonder, why are we even watching Rado? Can Kim do more videos? And... If all goes to plan, we're gonna have some more new contributors appearing on the channel for the first time, and I may be the most excited about them yet. I have been a fan of this other channel. I will not say if it's a he or she. I don't want to spoil anything. I'll just say uh, this other channel that they are fantastic, and I am so excited. And uh, you'll be seeing them coming soon as well to celebrate the 10th anniversary. And uh, that's it, folks. I guess in closing, one more thing though to make it a bit. Less about me and a bit more about the rest of the world and um, you know getting together as gamers and helping out. Uh, One more time uh, if you go to um, what's it, http://jv.rao.com, you can still bid on the last four of Jen's Ukrainian um, Witwat, and those will go to a very, very worthy goal. Oh, and while we're talking about another very worthy goal right now, if you don't watch it, um, the r r show is a weekly show that Ruel and I do. Every Tuesday we stream it, and then it gets on YouTube every Wednesday, where we just do a top 10. The top 10 we did this week was upcoming Kickstarters, crowdfunding games. And if, if you haven't yet, could you just go watch the first five minutes of that one? Because Ruel and I talked about a fundraising campaign that is very near and dear to our hearts. And if you're the type of gamer who has ever said to yourself, boy, how can I... Spread the gospel of board games. How can I, you know, open up more eyes? This is your opportunity to do it. Um, there's a link for it down in the show notes. You can hit that eye in the top right corner screen. Just watch the first five minutes of episode 34 of the RNR show. And um, if you're going to back anything on uh, board game related in the month of April, please consider the uh, the one that Ruel and I talked about at the beginning of the show. And uh, that's it, folks. Oh my goodness. I gotta get to work. Uh, there is no rest and there's plenty more games that are coming. If you want to know what games I'm covering and, and me and others are covering, hit that eye in the top right corner screen. Go to comingsoon.rotto.com and you'll be able to, uh, plan accordingly. But folks, I am Dunsville. So I want to say thank you for watching this and thank you for everybody who's been with me all the way through. Uh, 10. It's been 10 crazy years. Um, and I've learned a lot. And also, of course, in closing, thanks to the sponsor of the show. Fun Again Games. Have a very, very nice day, everybody. Talk to you later. So long. Uh, bye bye Oopsie! I hit the wrong sponsor. I am going to have to do a little bit of editing and fix that. Floodgate did not sponsor this Fun Again Games Flood... Oh, boy. I'm exhausted. Fortunately, I refilled on water. Hey, how's everybody doing? You still with me? Mm. Free ad for Floodgate for you, Jack. But, um, uh, nope, I, I will fix that because I've got to edit out those mid things anyway. So it'll be easy, um, to just, uh, you know, kind of shift over the transition. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Silly me. Silly me. Okay. So I said right up front, folks, that if you had any questions to, um, you know, ask them in the form of a question where your question mark was at the beginning instead of the end of the, uh, of the chat. So let's see if you did. Okay. Um, here we go. Okay, well, first of all, first of all, um, here's the thing. Okay, it is working. I This hasn't always worked, but in case you didn't know, the longer you watch the show, the more channel points you earn. You can do all kinds of stuff with the channel points. You can hit that little cursive R at the bottom of the chat to see what you can do. One of them is you can highlight your messages so they appear, and it's supposed to be those, uh, highlighting those messages makes them appear in my little program, and it looks like they did. So at some point, Wesseloyd wanted to point out, FYI, um, why the film is obtainable in the West under the title "Photo." I did not know that. Oopsie! I crap. Why didn't I know that? I should have said that in the video. God dang it! Uh, do I do I have the strength of character to record myself fixing that? I really should have. Eh, maybe I will. Okay, but but thank you, Wessel. I had no idea. I did not know it had gotten a reprint and a rename. Did anything change about the game or is it pretty much the same? Um, Let's see. What else? Boop de boop. Oh, uh, you can spend your Roto points to get an avatar. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, uh, the longer you watch the show, the more points you get. Mostly, you use those points to unlock segments of the RNR show, where Will and I will do royal ranks or we will do arguments and all kinds of stuff. But if you save up enough points, you can get yourself an avatar. But it'll only be for the length of that episode. So you know, spend them early and enjoy it for that episode. Because uh, the next episode—that's a temporary thing. Okay. And then, let's see. Also, it would appear... Oh, Wessel Lloyd. Yeah, I saw this, uh, you know, talking about the Jack Vassal. Obviously, thank you for reminding me. I might have forgotten otherwise, so that was very handy. Now, let's see. Were there any questions? A few. A few. Let's get going. Um, Boom. Uh, Wessel Lloyd wonders, do I have any opinions about the new geek list item and comment formats? Um, I'm glad that they work on phones. Uh, I, I don't know. Let's see. I haven't looked at it that much. It seems like the comments don't appear until you expand, right? Is that the main thing? Did they used to appear? Or it used to be like just two the two most recent comments would appear and then you could expand, but now no comments appear? That's unfortunate. I remember it used to be, I remember years ago, when all comments existed at all times. And Aldi, or you know, the people of Geek ultimately had to shut that down because it was literally going to destroy the site. Because the database queries were just too overloading every time anybody went to a busy, um, uh, what do you call it, a, bi- a busy geek list. So they, they had to shut that down. And so they changed to, oh, only the two most recent ones appear. And I can only assume that their aging architecture still probably couldn't handle that. And that's why, hey, we're in the middle of a redesign. So, how about we just fix it so comments don't appear unless you expand? That is the case now, right? You know how I could find that out? I've, I've got an easy way to do that. Let's go back to the browser. Oh, except I closed the browser because I'm a dummy. Uh, let's open up a new browser, uh, new tab, make it a standalone browser, and uh, point to that to do 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 do. Oh, I need to get something. Oh, go to jv.rotto.com. Let's see here. And then point you to Chrome. Where is it? Why is it not going? Okay, just fine. Do something. Um... What what, what are all these things? No, not that. Oh, that's... Here's my command panel, by the way, folks. You can see I'm very... You're all in a tiny window. There's a slightly bigger window, but that's delayed. And obviously, there's all the other stuff I'm tracking. Now, did that make Chrome... Here we go. The Jack Vassal Mora Fund. All righty. So... Yeah, so that's the thing. It used to be... um, Yo, I can see there's 10 comments, and apparently there's a new one, um, but uh, you don't see anything unless you actually expand it. And that is unfortunate. And oh, look... Duck of Death 5? Oh, I'm sorry. I just outed you as being a very generous and kind person. You just, um, well done, sir. I think that this is going to run for a couple more days. Oh, I'm sorry, Duck of Death. I don't know. I didn't... Oopsie. Um. you beaten Dan Halligan, the designer of Obsession, uh, which is a very cool board game. But I'm sure you will be outbid. These things tend to go crazy on the final day, so we'll see what happens. But yeah, it is kind of unfortunate that you're. I mean, it's kind of nice; it's clean. You're just scrolling along, and you can see. Oh, look! And they've done what they can to make it obvious. Look, there's things to see because they're you know, putting these little summaries of you know uh, of people's icons and whatnot. But it is unfortunate. It would be much better if there if if they were there. And, um... Because that's going to draw your eye more than seeing a few little icons and whatnot. And I would bet anything that they decided... That they wanted to do it, but they decided not to do it because I remember them talking about this, um, you know, back in the day... By the way, is all this on screen? Yes, it is. Back in the day, that the, the Geekless were destroying... Were, were creating so much overload on their servers that they just couldn't keep up. So I'm sure that's why it had to go this way. And it's too bad, but... You know, that, nothing's perfect. But the important thing is, it's, I mean... I mean, it's something like over 60% of people watch my videos on mobile. I don't even know what the numbers is. It's probably even higher for Board Game geeks. So it, it's probably... yeah, you, you, you take the good with the bad. You take it all, and there you have the facts of life, don't you? All right. Any more questions have come in? Boop. All righty. Boop. All righty. Uh, really, says Jack. I like Explore and Draw better than the original. Have I played... Now, to be fair... Do you answer your question? No, I have not. I have all the expansions. And I would like to try all of them. And I'm sure they're all great. And I'm sure they probably combined... I mean, but I already rated Isle of Cats so high. And I don't know, if if it wasn't all the way at the end of this incredibly exhausting process I just went through, I probably could have spent more time talking and comparing and contrasting why I like it better. But I'll be honest, I like it better just because it's faster. It's easier to set up and put away. Uh, there's less work. There's, um... And, uh it's just all about the polyominoes. The coolest thing about Isle of Cats is those freaking cats and the treasures, those weird, crazy shapes. And um, with uh, with uh, uh, Explore and Draw, it's 100% about that. With regular Isle of Cats, it's also about the draft. And it's also about collecting cages. And it's also about getting money. And there's all these other things. And they're all great. But still, when I play Isle of Cats, my favorite thing about Isle of Cats is the really awesome Tetris pieces. So I think more than anything else, that's why Explore and Draw works better for me. Um, you know, because it, it, you know, even if you play Isle of Cats, the simple version. You know, the family rules, which I did play with my mother in law who loves cats, and it worked really well. I mean, Isle of Cats is even still more about just the cats. And honestly, the entwined drafting is much more compelling than Seven Wonders Sushi Go style drafting. There's no choice about it. You know, Seven Wonders Sushi, whatever that's called, closed hand drafting or something like that, that's fun. That's great. There's many games I love that do it, but the uh, entwined drafting, um, is so much... And I guess some people would argue, oh, it's not drafting because it's bingo. Everybody can get whatever they want. Yeah, I suppose. To me, that's splitting hairs. Uh, it still feels like... It's, I'm still making the same decisions. Oh, I've got all these choices. Yeah, in the decision space of which cards am I going to take? When am I going to use a power that lets me break those rules and take four from a row instead of three from a column? And all that stuff. Yeah, it's, I, I find the drafting superior. I find the enhanced focus on the tiles themselves superior. That's why it comes in higher for me. Why MMV, though? Okay, what else we got here? Any plans for visiting the Alaboom again? No stress, if you can't. Uh, just a conversation. Honestly, at this point, I, I think that's a chapter that's kind of closed for me, uh, much like many other folks. And I, I still watch. And honestly, I enjoy it more because I can watch it at 2.5x speed. Um, and, uh, because, and also, I don't have to spend two hours playing a trivia game that I'm just not interested in playing. I mean, I, you know, Lance has talked to me about it. I know he'd, he'd love to have me back. Maybe, some, I, you never say never. I don't, I mean, I could pull a Sean Connery and literally star in a movie called Never Say Never and show up again someday. But another thing, really, between you and me, Honestly, Jen was kind of getting jealous of my Wednesday, every Wednesday night. Um, you know, me being gone for like three hours, and and it's just like, can't you spend time with me in the evenings? And I am like, well, and she knew, of course, she got six other nights, but it was just, it was just kind of a, there, there were there was just tensions and whatnot, and um, yeah, and honestly. I never... You know, with Full welcome Kabuki Kid, I always hated doing all of that um, trivia stuff. I mean, I just couldn't stand it. And even still, when when they start doing it, and they do it every week now for, like, what, an hour? I just start jumping until I can skip past all that and just get back to the talk. Uh, so, yeah. Never say never, but it's... it's I, I Honestly, I, I just don't have the time. And it is nice to be able to watch everybody at the speed they were meant to speak at. 2.5x speed faster. Okay. What else have we got? Okay, Goblin says, She's an English nerd. Where does she fall on mechanisms versus mechanics? Who is she? Oh, Kim. That's a good point. I bet you anything she says mechanics. Although, here's the deal. Strictly speaking, if you want an English nerd out, mechanics is is correct. Mechanics, as a plural, can refer to the singular mechanic, somebody who repairs machines, and it can also refer to the plural of mechanism. Um, it is acceptable to have mechanics as a plural for either. It's really just this gameplay mechanic over here. And that is the one that just kind of sticks in my craw. Although, I'll be honest... When I was in the video game industry, I said it all the time, too. It wasn't until somebody pointed it out to me after I got knee-deep in board games that I realized, oh, yeah, that does sound weird now that you say it. I'm going to stop saying it. And then for a while, I crusaded about it until I realized, this is the stupidest thing in the world to crusade about. There's so many more important things I could I could uh, you know harp on about. So, But I'd bet you anything she probably says mechanics. But again, mechanics is fine. The question is, does she say, well, this dice system is my favorite mechanic in the game? But again... If she's an English professor, she knows better than anybody, language evolves, and you shouldn't be too precious about it. As long as your ideas get across, then language achieved, and you should let it grow and change. That's the beauty. It's it's why it's our most important invention as a species, and we shouldn't stifle it. That doesn't lead to anything good. So, boom. Okay, no more questions have shown up. Or at least nobody asked a question where they started their question with a question mark. So, I think we are Gonsville. So, it is time to pull up the radiometer 10,000, and let's see what there is to see. Okay. Oh, Becca. What is Becca Scott doing? I really feel like we should raid her. Oh, I should totally raid her, because every time I ever see her, she's playing a video game. She, what is she playing? What is this? Is this Dinosaur World? No. Oh, this is she's playing a Jurassic the new Jurassic Park board game. Is it the Legacy one? I don't know. The Isla Neblar, I bet you it is. And um, and she rated us last week, so it's time to return the favor. Everybody, um, man, if I could get Becca on the channel, that would be incredible. Oh, she would be she would do she would do such a great job. But anyway, that's neither here nor there, folks. Um, go. Let's go get her. Uh, and tell Becca she already knows I'm her biggest fan. So, uh, have a good time watching. Probably a new exclusive early look at a game. Very exciting. Uh, raid purple button. Go 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 go. All righty. Did it work? Let's find out. Okay, it looks like it went through. Excellent. Okay. And she's so deep in the game, she didn't even notice. That's okay. She'll get there. Nope. She is really deep in the game. Okay. But that's okay. I don't do it for my glory. I do it for her glory because she is awesome. Everybody enjoy the show. I've got some editing to do now. Oh, oh, there we go. All right. I, I, I got to go. I'm, I'm, I think I'm actually going to stay and watch. All righty. Uh, see you next month, everybody. Talk to you later so long. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.